0: recording in in progress
1: Uh, we're still waiting for a few um commissioners to arrive but i can go ahead and read the public advisory uh i'd like to welcome everybody to the december 8th meeting of the zoning adjustments board tonight uh both the commissioner's staff and members of the public who are here tonight um this is our last dab meeting of the year Uh, another year in a zoom Zoom world, which we may be emerging out of, I, I've heard rumors next year, so we get to actually see each other in, in person. Um, but we're still in Zoom, and the public advisory addresses that. This meeting will be conducted exclusively through video conference and teleconference, pursuant to Government Code section 54953e and the state declared emergency. This meeting of the Zoning Adjustments Board will be conducted exclusively through teleconference and Zoom video conference. The COVID-19 state of emergency continues to directly impact the ability of the members to meet safely in person and presents imminent risks to the health of attendees. Therefore, no physical meeting location will be available. Um, If you are joining us by PC, Mac, iPad, iPhone, or Android device, and do not wish your name to appear on the screen. You can, we've learned, sign off, come back in, and you'll have an opportunity to change your name. And you can be anonymous if you so choose. Um, that's our policy, whether by Zoom or in person. Um, if you uh, are joining us by PC or Mac, um, and wish to speak uh, when invited to do so uh, during the hearing there'll be several occasions uh, when I'll be inviting um, attendees to speak Um, you can use the raise hand icon at the bottom of your screen by pulling with the bottom of the screen A little handle pop up click on it and I'll know to recognize you if you're calling in by phone uh, you don't have a little raised hand icon on your screen you'll have to press star nine uh, when invited to speak and then uh you'll be recognized by the chair please be mindful that the teleconference will be recorded as all zap meetings are whether in person or not and all uh rules uh, procedure and decorum apply to the this meeting in the same fashion as it does to meetings in person That is, I think, the full extent of the uh, required reading, um, and we can get to preliminary matters. Which first item is roll call, and uh, I'd like to take the opportunity to welcome the newest commissioner, who will be saying a to the or yes to the roll call, Cecilia Venapara. Kate Harrison's appointee it's wonderful to have you here Cecilia and maybe when we do roll call you can take the opportunity to say a few words about yourself and introduce yourself to the commission and the community so if you will take roll call Smith that would be great
2: okay great um when I call your name uh please indicate if you are present and if you have any ex parte disclosures board member Trigu
3: Present no ex parte.
2: Duffy.
4: Present no ex parte.
2: Gaffney.
5: Present no
6: ex parte. Thompson. Present no ex parte.
7: Luna Parra. Present no ex parte. Thank you. Hi everybody. I'm Cecilia. Um, I'm a third-year urban studies ma- and uh, urban studies major and history minor at UC Berkeley. Um, I was appointed. Um, by Kate Harrison, and I'm very, very excited. I'm really interested in zoning and housing, and I'm really excited um, to work with all of you. Thank you so much for this opportunity.
1: Well, thanks for um, giving your limited free time as a student to this uh, to this board. It's a, a big responsibility, land use policy in the city, and, um, and not a, not an easy job. So I really appreciate you joining us, Cecilia.
8: Thank
2: you. Thank you so much. Vice Chair O'Keefe.
9: Present, no ex parte. Chairperson Khan.
1: Present, no ex parte.
9: Kim. Present,
10: no ex parte. Nice to meet you, Cecilia. And
2: Sanderson.
8: Present, no ex parte. Thank
1: you. Okay, um, that concludes our roll call and ex parte communication. We now come to the uh, section where um, the public is invited to speak on non agenda items. These are items that are not actually on the calendar for consideration tonight, issues of general interest or a uh, particular zoning board interest that you may want to um, address to this commission um, tonight. So uh, I'd like to invite people to raise your hands if you're interested in uh speaking on an item which is not on the agenda tonight you will have an opportunity to speak on all the items on the agenda Uh, and i don't see any raised hands so i assume everyone is here to speak on agended items very good um we'll close out the public comment then on non-agenda matters and we come now to the consent calendar we have on the consent calendar the approval of the action minutes from October 13th the approval of the ZAB meeting schedule for the coming year Um, if there are any questions about that uh, speak up uh, as Samantha's prepared to answer any questions you may have about the schedule we also have 2506 Hay Street 1200 Dwight Way and 2310 8th street <clears throat> uh, on consent first i'd like to ask if there are any commissioners here who have first who would like to pull those items uh from the consent calendar uh, for the full public hearing or um if you simply have some questions for staff to see if you would like to pull them from the calendar and then debbie i see that your hand is out
8: um, I have concerns for uh, both of those projects on the um, allowing the increase in parking over the maximum. So um, I'd like to discuss that and if that's pulling them off consent, then so be it. The,
1: uh, you're talking about item four and item five, both of which are requesting a AUP for in- increased parking. Correct. Um, that uh that's great we'll yank them from the uh, consent calendar and that'll give us an opportunity to discuss the aup in particular that's your particular interest correct
8: right
1: okay um that's great uh we uh if there's no um objection to 2506 haste, i'll then uh put it to the attendees whether uh anyone wishes to speak on that item 2506 haste you will have an opportunity to speak on the other two which we have removed from consent raise your hand please if you would like to speak on 2506 haste street I don't see any hands raised from the attendees or from uh the commission here so uh do I have a motion for uh, approval of items one two and three Igor and Kimberly in that order yeah I I move the consent
3: calendar which for the record will include approval of action minutes from October 13th next year's staff meeting schedule and a continuance on 2506 haste
1: Thank you. Uh, Kimberly, your hand was up next. Uh, Oh Yeah, I'll second that. Thank you for the second, Kimberly. Shoshana?
9: Yeah, I just wanted to get a comment in before we vote. Um, I want to register my yearly objection to the um, calendar, which talks about Chinese New Year. And while I'm no expert, it's not my culture, my understanding is that the proper and more inclusive term is Lunar New Year. And it annoys me a lot that our city documents always say Chinese New Year. So I just wanted to say that I'm still fine with the calendar, but my objection
1: must be recorded. Thanks. Maybe one day you won't have to object anymore. I doubt it. Keep (laughs) objecting and we'll see what happens. Um, Thank you for that uh, important point, Shoshana, as you I think have pointed out previously, uh, the Chinese community is not the only community that shares uh, that holiday. so uh, we have a we have a uh, motion and a second. Um, if there's no further discussion, uh, I'd like to take a uh, voice vote. Okay.
2: Board member Trigu? Yes. Duffy? Yes. Gaffney?
5: Yes.
2: Thompson? Yes. Luna Parra? Yes. Vice Chair O'Keefe? Yes. Chair
1: Khan? Yes. Kim? Yes.
2: And Sanderson?
1: Yes. Great. Well, this, uh, thank you very much for that. Uh, Items one, two, and three uh, pass. We will, that means a continuance of 2506 haste. And it means that we can now um, have a public hearing on 1200 Dwight Way. Um, I'd like to note uh, for the record and for the commission here that the Concern the reason that 1200 Dwight Way and um, item five, 2310 Eighth Street, were pulled is because we have before us on both of these projects. Correct me if I'm wrong, Samantha. AUPs in addition to this, the standard use permit, to actually increase the parking over uh the maximum allowed, based on the uh, action of council. I think it was just last January so this is the first time we're seeing uh, these AUPs there's specific requirements uh, for the AUP findings to be met and Debbie has asked to pull these so that we can have an opportunity to discuss these items uh, I think that's a wise uh, move on your part Debbie because we need to familiarize ourselves with these issues as a commission and this is an opportunity where we have two of these projects the first two we've had with that AUP I would like to advise the applicant that no one on this board is contesting the use permit and that my understanding is that we can approve the use permit and still have the option of approving or not approving the aup is that correct samantha
2: that is correct
1: so this public hearing i would like to focus all of the uh discussion if we could out of respect for the many attendees we have here for uh item i believe number six uh Really try to focus on the uh, AUP issue. Um, with that, uh, Anilu, are you the staff person for the? Yes. For the, yeah. Hello. I know, I know you have to do your usual drill, so go ahead and go go through the whole thing. But in discussion uh, here, I'd like to really try to keep it to the AUP question. And 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 Nilu, if you can expand on the AUP in particular, I think that would be most beneficial to the commission tonight.
11: Okay. Um, I have a very brief presentation and I do address the AUP um, for departing. Thank you. Um, good evening. Uh, my name is Nilu Kaim zodogon um, Line Planning staff. The project before you is at 1200 Dwight Way, Um, it's a use permit to demolish a single family dwelling and a detached garage and to build two two storey single family dwellings and two parking spaces. The subject lot is located in the restricted two family residential district or R2. The zoning permits required are a use permit to demolish a dwelling unit, a use permit to add two new single family dwellings, an AUP to reduce the re- um, the required rear setback, and an AUP to add excess parking. Um, full ana- analysis for each required fi- finding is included in the staff report that has been provided to you, and the summary of um, these points are that the project is consistent with the purpose of the R2 District and is compatible with the residential character of the neighborhood. Um, this project would replace the one dwelling proposed for demolition with two new dwelling units. Um, therefore, findings to approve the demolition of the dwelling units are satisfied. Um, sunlight air, and view impacts to surrounding properties um, due to this project would not be detrimental. Um, An AUP to reduce the rear setback to 16 feet where 20 is required is requested. The existing garage on the subject lot only provides a a four feet rear setback and the proposed rear dwelling would improve the building separation between the proposed project and the neighbor properties to the south. Um, As far as the parking AUP, an AUP to exceed the one maximum allowed parking is requested, two is proposed. Based on the applicant's statement, the need for parking for multi-generational household cannot be met by the existing transit service or the available on-street parking. So staff um, recommends approval. Because of the project's consistency with the zoning ordinance and the general plan and the its minimal impact on the surrounding properties, staff recommends that the zoning adjustment adjustment board approved this use permit subject to findings and conditions and the applicant team is here for any questions about the parking or any other questions thank you
1: that conc- concludes my presentation thank you Nilu. uh I was on mute sorry there um are there uh questions from the commission for Nilu before we uh invite the applicant to speak
8: do you want to save questions on the parking findings till after the applicants?
1: no actually I'd, I'd like you to ask nilu now um if you have okay. any questions today
8: okay um this is a new standard to me so i had to go back and do a fair amount of research i'm still learning how the new zoning ordinance flows um and so it seems that we're for two for parcels with two or more uh, main buildings, I mean, two or more dwelling units, not including ADUs. The um, parking standard is one half space per unit. That's a maximum. So the AEP would allow them to go over that and have right. two spaces, one for each of the units. When I read their explanation, it, it it's the same for both projects, which are not the same projects. I mean, the one project has a larger building and a smaller one, and the other project has basically two medium-sized units. I'm
1: oh, sorry, I can't hear you, Debbie. I, you faded out just now.
8: Oh, so you
1: know, I got that the it's the same argument for both projects, so yeah. they are different projects. Okay.
8: So I don't. I don't see how we can, um, I mean, the argument about it can be set up for multi-generational housing, that would be true for any parcel that had two single-family homes on. It. And so, you know, and the idea about the driveway being too long, um, I just, you know, I know of too many parcels with two two units on it that they don't have two parking spaces and they walk down the driveway. Um, so I am I don't buy the um, the rationale that the applicant provided. It it seems to me it would apply to almost any parcel with two units, and therefore it's not specific enough the the second issue is that. On the required findings, it's, um,
1: I'm not I'm not actually asking you to speak on it. I'm sorry, oh. you had questions for Neelu on it.
8: Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. So I guess then how do you um never mind. I was not okay, understanding you asking. <laughs> I mis-
1: misdirected Debbie, sorry. Okay, um,
8: never
1: mind. Yeah, clarifying questions. Um so uh I do have a question, uh Nilo. Um For an AUP to be approved, and an AUP is a staff level approval, it typically, as I understand it is not, doesn't rise to the level of a public hearing, um, unless there's an appeal to a staff level approval, Uh, but in this case, because there's a use permit, we have the opportunity to review the AUP as well. so effectively if we were to vote against the AUP we would be overruling uh your finding as staff that uh, this is um, an acceptable argument uh, there are specific um the specific code language I believe I'm I i have not read it lately that um that uh, speaks to when additional spaces are justified I remember when Council Voted this in, there was a concern that would should they put a maximum on at all? Should we just should they just take the minimums off? And uh, the 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 settlement was the concession was to go ahead and put the maximum on, but to have a, a aup that didn't rise anywhere to the level of the variance to make it easier for people if they needed or felt they needed the additional spaces to have them that's my recollection from the record of course there is the record we can refer to but we have the actual language and what are the conditions that need to be met for an AUP for additional parking to be approved could you just read those to us to remind us of what they are or to make us aware of what they are in face their conditions you're, you're
11: asking me Charles right
1: yes if you okay. so
11: Um, In order for this to be approved with an AUP, um, the review authority needs to find um, one or both of the following. A is trips to the user uses to be served and the apparent demand for additional parking cannot be satisfied by the amount of parking permitted by this section by transit service which exists or is likely to be provided in the foreseeable future or by more efficient use of existing on-street and off-street parking available in the area. That's A. And then B is the anticipated residents of the proposed projects have special needs or require reasonable accommodation that relate to disability, health, or safety that require the provision of additional off-street residential parking.
1: Yes, and my my recollection is the second item was entered specifically at Susan Wengrat, uh request, um, because particularly in the hills. There are elderly people who may not have the ability to get to grocery stores unless they've got an automobile available to them. So it was specifically uh, I think that's why we're hearing the intergenerational um, mention here. Um, and uh Debbie does point out that either one of these is acceptable not both are necessary so my memory is the intention was for this to be a broadly interpreted not narrowly interpreted provision but um if this commission finds it's being uh too broadly interpreted um you know we should we should speak to that when the time comes um Igor you have your hand up actually Samantha you had your hand up first why don't you go ahead and then, then you Igor.
2: But yeah, I just um thank you, Charles or con Um, I just wanted to clarify that um when there are when a project requires use permits and AUPs, that that yes. is, is the we are the
1: judiciary function. Yeah, okay, so you.
2: it's no longer a staff level okay decision. So your decision doesn't change or override. Um, Got gotcha. you. Staffs, dis- yeah. Thank you.
1: In In other words, if. If they applied for the use permit without the parking, and we were to approve it, and then they were to apply for a uh, additional space under an AUP that then later on that would have been a staff level decision.
2: Uh, I think it might require a modification to the use permit, actually. Hmm. So I I think it would still come. I my understanding is it probably still come back.
1: Igor. That's interesting. Well, I
3: wanted to comment. We may want to. This is the 1st time I've seen this condition or proposed condition in place as well. Um. But if we create a situation where we approve something with, um, uh, maximum parking requirements without an AUP, and things come back to us and our agendas get loaded up with discretionary reviews to add parking. That would be concerning to me, and we may want to watch that just from a time management standpoint. Um, My question is actually on the second criterion. Um, And I understand Council Member Wengraf's intent. That makes sense to me. But how would that square with situations like the ones we have here and the ones we're probably going to continue to have where we don't know who is going to be living there? Potentially one, at least one of the units, maybe both could be rented out and we have no information on who would be occupying it now or in the future.
1: Um, good point. why don't we go ahead and uh give the applicant a chance to do their uh presentation? They may have some answers for you on this. I don't know um but uh, it is an interesting question that we have before us um uh is the uh, Nelu can do you Who's, or can who, I see it, it L, 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 Mash.
11: I've sent uh, n- names on emails to Brian if he can
1: yes yeah, so it, it is. Twelve hundred is the applicant is Lena Mashhadi, and then the owners June Yo and Sheldon.
11: So Layla is the designer on the project, and the owners are here as well.
1: Okay. Well, Layla has raised her hand. Um,
11: yeah, there, there she is.
1: Yes. Um, so Layla, uh, please uh, make your presentation. As you can hear, the the biggest concern that we're uh, discussing right now is the parking. So if you could focus uh you know your discussion to that point, that would be that'd be great. And uh I believe you have all of five minutes. You probably will not need them to uh present. I'll put a timer up right now.
12: Yeah. Hi everyone. Um yeah so I'm Layla. Uh, I work with John Newton who's the designer and the applicant for this project. Um as you can see as we have already talked about the scope is to build two new homes demolish the existing home and detached garage um, in the r2 zone um so the existing garage provides two spaces um and the you know there's a, one existing house um, which is kind of dilapidated so we're tearing that down and building two new um we, uh, you know, we believe we designed two attractive homes that, um, you know, have their own parking space, their own private yards. Um, and, you know, Dwight is a pretty busy street um, and there is just no hard to find parking there along the street. Um, so we kind of figured that it was reasonable to assume that over the general, you know, the time frame of this house Um, owners coming in and coming out that uh, it's reasonable to think that there will be a family with a child you know babies um, or elderly living with them Um, you know it's over 90 feet from the back house to the street and then add finding parking in that that is a very long walk can be a very long walk for um, someone with children or someone who is elderly So, um, you know, we thought it reasonable to um, propose two parking spots, one for each unit. And um, it is kind of interesting to see also that it is, you know, the existing house does have that detached garage with two parking spaces. So um, we're not adding any more than already was there previously. Um, Yeah, so about the parking, I mean, that's pretty much all I can say about that. It's a busy street hard to find parking there. Um, so, you know, there is a little bit of safety concerns, just having to park down the street, walk across the street, um, on a busy street like that. Um, and yeah, like I said, pretty far away from the, uh, street, the, the house in the rear is pretty far away. Um, so yeah, we, um, uh, I think that's, think that's pretty much all I have to say about the parking, but, um, yeah, so I think that's all I have to say, but if you guys have any questions uh, about that or anything else about this project, I'd be happy to answer.
1: Thank you. Thank you for your uh, your comments and the explanation. Uh, much appreciated. Any, uh, I see Igor, your hands up. Um, if anyone has any questions, this is an opportunity to ask uh, the uh, designer, uh,
13: Igor.
3: Sorry, this is actually for staff just confirming that, um, both projects. I know we're only talking about 1 of them right now. But both projects have a condition that, um. Residents would not be eligible for, uh, preferential parking.
2: I'm sorry I was
11: muted um mine does but uh I can't speak for the next project that's
2: correct it's for um that applies to all new dwelling units um regardless of whether they're in a transit area
1: thanks uh and is that is that mandated by uh councilors? that it's just a staff policy Samantha
2: um no it is in the BMC in title 14, maybe I can I'll find the reference for you. Okay. Um I think it Just, might, I think it might list the code section, but it is um it is in the code. I'll, okay. I'll find it for you.
1: Thanks. Um Debbie, uh, your hand is up and then you, Igor.
13: You're muted. Yeah.
8: I had a question about the driveway on the first on the Which are we talking about one target or the other right now? <laughs>
1: What's the question? I'm
8: sorry. So the the question is the width of the driveway on 1200 White Way. It seemed to be too narrow to be approved by Public Works. So it, my question, my it question is, is.
11: It's eleven feet wide. Um, it, it it includes the two feet landscape strip, um, and then the nine feet should be enough for the, the way.
1: Yeah, ten, 10 is the standard
8: yes but I didn't okay I read the plans is saying it was eight feet five inches and and then you take a two foot landscape strip and you had six feet five inches so I'm looking at uh 1200 Dwight way sorry I can't hear you well, I'm looking at 1200 Dwight way okay is that the same project you're
11: on yes that's the project we are on and i'm the project planner for it and the driveway width looks like it's 11 feet and then it goes down to eight feet and five inches so
8: i'm talking about about the driveway for the back rear the the rear building
1: yeah if i i I think i could clarify this debbie if you refer to sheet a 1.2 you'll see an elevation of that property. And there is a bay window that projects into the parking right-of-way, but it's on the second floor of
8: oh, yeah. well the height of the Correct. I saw that. Um, well, maybe I'm just, I can't read the plans, but it looks the, like... The
1: actual drive, the, the asphalt part of the driveway is nine feet wide, and then there's a two-foot planting strip, which you can count as part of the required width because obviously you're not going to be yeah. Brushing up against the uh, property.
2: The parking and driveway standards um, require um, an eight-foot driveway width um, when serving one to three cars. It's eight feet wide, um, zero to thirty feet, and then nine feet wide, thirty-one to sixty feet. And that now includes the, the landscapes, the two-foot. No, landscape.
1: that's that's even without kind of. That's landscape. just
2: the driveway, not the landscape strip.
1: Yeah, if you look at the if you look at the plans Debbie uh, on sheet A1.0 and you look at the front car where it says garage immediately adjacent to that parking spot is a nine foot dimension and that's the dimension of the driveway of that one,
8: which site which plan A1. a one a one
1: point zero the, the top sheet yeah
8: okay so when I read the plan it says maybe on my eyes it says eight feet five inches for the total now, width.
1: Look look below that one. So, below that dimension. There's a two foot and a nine foot. Dimension. I see
8: there's a nine foot yeah
1: that that's the
8: dimension. The two, that includes the two. Um
1: it doesn't include the two. It's an addition to the two.
8: Okay. I can't read the plans in there just too small for my eyes. Okay. Well it's nine feet. Uh, it's, those aren't the numbers that I see on it. So um I'll just believe that it's true
1: yeah you can take my word for it um Igor you had a comment yeah
3: so sorry I had a follow-up on the last question am I missing something which is very possible or does the RPP requirement represent a change in policy because I recall previously multi-family buildings but above four units I think had that rpp requirement in rpp zones but uh yeah so I see Samantha nodding yes it was part it, of
2: the um parking reform package that passed in March of 2021 uh, the same with the parking maximums and the TDM requirements for larger projects.
1: Thank you. Um, so, um, I'm interested in a uh, discussion uh, on, on the issue. I have, uh, you know, my thoughts to offer, but I would like to hear from other uh, commissioners first out of respect. For uh, all of you, you're the you're the one who had the uh, initial concern, Debbie. So why don't you speak up?
8: Okay, so um, I haven't read this parking reform package, but um, I will as soon as tomorrow. But the requirements to expand it uh, has that the trips to the use or uses to be served um, can't be satisfied with the amount of parking or the transit service. So these are projects that are within a certain distance of, of transit. It's not all the parking, all the parts of the whole city. I understand it. I'm not, that's not correct. This is correct. So um, in the the demand for additional parking cannot be satisfied. And then the discussion is about whether it's, you know, multi-generational housing or people are disabled. Um, I'm with Igor that I don't quite understand how we can make a finding about paragraph B because we don't know who's gonna live there. And even if they're elderly, like my 98 year old mom, she's in a wheelchair. Um, she's not driving so there's lots of variety of uh, situations that affect every single single family home in the city and when there's two on a lot that we're being asked to treat that parking requirement differently um so i guess i'm the, the argument to exceed doesn't seem to me to match the um, required setback, I mean, the required uh, finding. If, If what we want is just to sort of say, all right, you know, just let's just realize that every single family home is gonna want a parking space, then we can, you know, set that policy, but that's not what the ordinance says. So I, given that this is the first time, it's an opportunity for us to establish.
1: No, I appreciate you raising the opportunity because uh, you know, in, in effect, we're establishing a precedent here. And we need to be mindful of that. Um my uh my personal feeling about it. I mean, we we are the zoning adjustments board our position our, our responsibility is to make adjustments to zoning when we think it's reasonable to do so we're in, in te- expected to use our reason we're not planners who are required to interpret things to the letter of the law i think that the applicants appeal to reasonableness is actually appropriate uh, because that is um why why we exist uh as a commission um, I think that uh there is a difference between multifamily, conventional multifamily housing, particularly in our community, and single family homes. And I know that everybody on this board is committed to increasing housing opportunities for uh our citizens and for the community. You, you, Debbie, as much or more than anybody I know. Um, I'm concerned that if we were to establish a policy tonight, where um, single-family homes were not uh, provided an opportunity through the uh, AUP process to have uh, to have dedica- a dedicated parking spot, which used to be required until January, um, that that we won't see them built, and. Uh, I actually feel it's a defect in the law that this wasn't addressed, but they had a lot to talk about and to figure out. Um so I can speak for myself that as uh a commissioner on this zoning adjustments board that um the recognition that single-family homes are different from multifamily homes as they are typically um uh occupied in our community that they typically are for families and they typically are for multi-generational living which sadly our apartments are not that actually that is a reasonable argument and so I would, I would, I think the findings are there, but I I am really, I welcome the discussion and I love that we're not doing this as a slam dunk. Um, I really would like to hear others opinions uh, on this. Um, Igor.
3: Yeah, thank you chair. 1st, um, I just wanted to highlight that I see an attendee hand and I don't know if we've opened. The opportunity to comment on this by members of the public,
1: Um but we, when, open. once I open it to the, uh, to the um, commission, it's because I haven't seen any uh, more hands and and I'm uh, closing out the public discussion but uh I could reopen the public hearing if you you'd like me to, to to recognize them.
3: Oh okay I I just um I think it was mentioned that there was an opportunity to comment on things pulled off the agenda.
1: Oh my I, god you're right you're absolutely right. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. I am I am so out of line on this. My apologies. I haven't closed the public comment cuz we haven't had any yet. Um so anyone who would like to speak from the public on this, uh, I see one hand raised. Anyone else who'd like to speak, please raise your hand. I see one hand raised, so I will recognize that individual. Motorola Moto Cheese Titles is the uh, acronym. You are muted. You need. To,
14: there you go. <laughs> Uh, I just want to know what the cross street is on that uh, zone.
11: You mean cross street? Yeah. Matthews? So it's right off of San Pablo, uh, Dwight Way and Matthews.
14: Oh, okay. And uh, you guys were going to destroy that, I mean, uh, 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 demolish that site?
1: We're not doing it uh but the applicant would like to demolish the the building and build two buildings there
14: oh okay because i um because i guess you were you were talking about the uh there's no uh parking or nothing like that area right there so i was just saying uh want to know what cross street it was you know maybe like the one lady was saying that they had to go park down the way there but uh no i just. No, I just was just uh wondering what uh, cross street it was. Thank okay. you. Okay. Thank you.
1: Thank you for joining us. Um so I will um uh yeah close the, the public discussion now and bring it back to this panel. Uh thanks so much, Igor, for reminding you, me of you. my duty. Duty is a uh, yeah, you're you're welcome, later Um so um, yeah. Uh Igor and then Kimberly and then Cecilia. Okay, thanks. I w-
3: will move that we approve the project as recommended by staff and as conditioned. Um I was an early proponent probably not unique among uh this body of uh, changing parking minimum standards to parking maximums. I remember actually sponsoring an item to that effect uh almost 10 years ago when I was on the housing commission. And I was um excited about um this reform package being approved by the council last mm-hmm. year. With that said um I also I I share um Chair Khan's um Concerns that perhaps there were some, there was a lot going on that night. I remember watching. That was a late night for the council. Um, as many are. And I think this is where we look at where the rubber meets the world, no pun intended. And there may be some, um, potential drawbacks to the implementation of this. Um, what is interesting to me actually is the interplay between changes to the RPP. So, if we don't approve this as, um, conditioned with the additional AUP for 1 parking per unit. Um, there will be no opportunities for whoever may be living in that unit. Should they, um, choose to use a vehicle or have to use a vehicle to park anywhere else in the neighborhood there's there's not going to be well they will they will not be allowed to have um on street parking in the neighborhood with the rpp requirements i um so as a matter of principle um i personally support um Policies that incentivize folks getting out of their cars and using alternative transit options. Um, but I agree with chair Khan That when I was envisioning this, um. I was thinking more about multifamily and, um, this is multifamily, but it's a duplex. It's the smallest possible multifamily type in terms of the number of units. I also um, understand that um, there is a condition in each one of these um, items to be easy ready. And I think that is important um, as well. Um, And I, I think that, I mean, I know folks, and I think we all know folks that have made lifestyle choices not to purchase a vehicle and some of them live in single family homes or duplexes now with driveways and they have found other uses for those driveways and i think giving um residents that flexibility is appropriate so i do appreciate um flagging this i um i think this is definitely an interesting uh wrinkle In implementation that we may want to discuss with our respective council of appointers, Um, Mm -hmm. but that being said, um, I agree that in this case, and probably generally with duplexes um, in RPP zones. um, 1 allowing for 1 parking space per unit is appropriate um, and hence my motion. Thanks.
1: Thank you. Igor uh kimberly cecilia debbie and then i have a comment as well can i ask one
3: (laughs) super
2: quick question i'm so sorry to interrupt um but should we remove the applicant now that you guys are in your deliberation yes yes okay so applicants we're gonna say goodbye to you and put you back in the audience thank you sorry for the interruption
5: all good. Um, I just want to say, yeah, this has actually been a really amazing discussion and um, really thank you, Debbie, for taking this off both the projects and allowing us to kind of have this. Um, it's, um, you know, it, multifamily versus kind of these mid-density projects. They obviously are um, so so different um, and it's hard to obviously come up with policy that works for both. Um, and I think allowing um these kind of more medium density um smaller you know duplex projects to have the opportunity to have a single parking space for each unit um you know is a I think a a pretty good thing um especially because people as kind of stated earlier by Charles people living in these kind of you know single family home styles um might have a lot of different needs um and um, then someone who's necessarily living in apartment style um, buildings. Um, and I was actually, what I was gonna bring up as kind of Igor mentioned it, is that the EV charging stations, um, I mean, people who are living in single family homes, a lot of times, no matter what, will have cars um, you know, some won't, and obviously that's great, but the people who will, will then be forced to park in the street if we don't allow this, and uh, if you're parking in the street that pretty much means you have, you don't really have the opportunity to have an EV charging station or a car that's all electric, um, because obviously we haven't figured out how to necessarily, um, you know, do both of those things so. Just at least to be able to allow people to um, you know, have EV charging stations at their house at least gives them an opportunity to possibly have a fully electric car, um, which you would not be able to do um, without this. So, you know, I really appreciate this discussion. And uh yeah, thank you everyone for your opinions.
1: Thank you, Kimberly. Uh Cecilia.
7: Thank you. Yeah. Um I also really appreciate this discussion and I um, you know, wasn't aware of the the parking maximum um situation that Deborah brought Deborah brought up so I really appreciate it um I um I think that I'm sorry give me a moment <laughs> um I I, I think that this is a really good point that Deborah brings up and it, it has really had me thinking the past half an hour um, because I think that if we like having a, a parking space there does um, at least to some extent incentivize um, having a car The uh, the city has a lot of really great public transportation um, and to be fair I haven't looked into this lot specifically and how close it is to buses um, or AC, AC transit but I I just really appreciate this conversation and this inquiry and I'm like taking it into consideration. So thank you.
1: Thank you, Cecilia. Uh, and Debbie, where are you at this point?
8: Um, I first I have a question for staff. Can you summarize because I think this is a a new policy when we had a new zone morning with no policy changes? Um what is the status in going back up? In the past, you couldn't if you had a parking waiver in a project, then the residents of that project were not, could not have an RPP parking uh, sticker. Is is it now that no one can have an RPP, no new unit can have an RPP sticker? Can you just clap for me? That
2: is correct. Um, no new dwelling units um, are eligible for RPP. Um, and that applies, I think, regardless of whether you're in a current RPP um, area. So if you're not in one, but it becomes one in the future, mm-hmm. um, then you're also, the new unit is also ineligible. Okay. All
8: right. Yeah.
2: So um, I just want- the, the reference, it's in, it is in title 14. Okay. Um, 14.72. Thank you. I gotta learn
8: these new codes. Um so I wanted to say that uh, I understand completely um what people are saying and I'm very sympathetic to that. What is troubling me a little bit is that we're in a we're in a new world with handling demand for parking. Uh, with the restrictions in for any new dwelling unit in Um, restricted from using RPP, that's that's a major shift, because in this case, there was no waiver. And this requirement for the 0.5 standard is applying where you're a quarter mile of a major transit stop. It's not applying across the whole city. Um, And that's what gave me pause. Because um, I'm I'm very torn because you know Berkeley has a very low uh, auto ownership rate compared to other cities, and we're trying to encourage transit on the major arteries. Um, so I, I'm I am very torn by having an opportunity to further support people using transit mm-hmm. versus how we live our lives. And um, I will I will support the the AUP. I'll support the I mean there's nothing else about the project that I' am concerned about. but um, I think this is that this is a t- really tough nut where our two sets of values are are, yeah. are, are crashing against each other
12: mm-hmm.
8: And um so maybe over the next year, we could have more discussions and maybe with the planning commission about what's the likelihood if we stuck to the 0.5 that it would make any difference on transit or you know how did we come to two and why didn't we start at three you know and now that we have time to reflect on this um you know i i think over time we i'd like us to revisit what we're trying to accomplish and whether or not the 0.5 helps to do that or it just feels good um so anyway I appreciate the comments and um you know it's a these are these are difficult topics as we try to move our community we're nudging them in a new direction but you can only nudge so fast <laughs> so um it's tough anyway I appreciate the comments and and I will support the motion
1: thank you debbie uh for that comment uh i, I just want to say a, a word doe and then i'll recognize you um the uh basis for the um i, I by the way uh everything that igor said is spot on on um, in terms of my own uh, mm-hmm. feeling and this commission um was long i mean i remember before this was passed shoshona Igor and I all voted for variances to reduce parking when they were requested. Uh, over our sometimes, um, in Shoshana's case, I never voted
9: parking. for a variance, not once.
1: She, well, okay. Well, we voted over Shoshana's objections, <laughs> uh, for a variance, um, despite our reluctance to approve variances, um, because we wanted to see parking reductions in the community. And, you know, I spoke in favor of this law, I can say, uh, as a citizen, uh, when it was passed, uh, I was concerned at the time about the parking maximum not being adequately thought through, uh, but was satisfied that the AUP gave sufficient uh, latitude to this body to uh, fix that that problem. Um, Deborah, I am certain we will be continuing to discuss this in the coming year. And and I think it's because, uh, you know, we're going to we're going to we're going to see a triplex, you know, and it's going to have one space because that, you know, it'll have one and a half space requirement that will be interpreted as one space for three units. Um, The thing that I'm going to use as a personal guide moving forward is the actual data that was provided to council when they made that decision. And the data was a review of student housing complexes of three, four, five, and six stories that had parking garages and that uh, were under parked relative to the number of spaces being provided to tune of about 50%. That's how they hit the point 0.5. There was no review, no data provided for um, properties like this that are zoned for two or three uh, you know, homes. And I think that was uh, a failing uh, in a very forward thinking, I mean, very forward thinking legislation that I strongly supported. And we just wanted to move it forward. So I think we as the zoning board have an opportunity to make it a a better uh, law by evaluating, is there intergenerational living here, which is one of the bases for approving the AUP, or is it reasonable to interpret that it is more likely to have intergenerational living? Um, I know intergenerational living Debbie, is one of your leading concerns uh, from many conversations we've had, and you know I'm looking after my 94 year old mother now, and um, it when she has a health crisis, we need a car to get her somewhere, if and we need a parking space for the car if there's no uh, al- parking allowed on the street for that car. So I think I think it's a reasonable. I think that. That's why I said I felt that the reasonableness uh you know doctrine was, was being that uh Joey
10: Actually, Chair, I think you covered a lot of <laughs> things that were really relevant and important. And um, I'll just lower my head.
1: Thank you. Okay, I don't see any more hands up. Um Cecilia picked an interesting meeting to come to. This is uh We don't usually have sort of policy questions like this in front of us, Um, so uh, I think we could take a vote, uh, Samantha. Oh, do we have a we have a motion? Do we have a second? I'm happy to second.
8: I think we had a second. Oh, we had a
1: second. Okay, very good. And
8: is this on 1200, or do we gonna do both? yes? Uh, I'm sorry, I missed the second. Who was that?
1: Igor made the motion. I think I did. I
5: I really. (laughs) I <laughs> okay, I can't remember if I said it out loud or not. I just
1: in my head. Cool. Yeah. I second it. <laughs> and it, and the motion is to approve the uh, use permit as um, described by Neelid by staff.
2: Okay, so vote to approve the use permit for 1200 Dwight Way. Board member Tregub. Yes. Duffy. Yes. Gaffney. Yes. Thompson. Yes. Luna Para? Yes. Come back to me. Vice Chair O'Keefe? Yes. Chair Khan? Yes. Kim? Yes. And Sanderson. Yes.
1: Um so you should come back to Luna Para.
2: What did you I thought she you said passed.
1: yes. She oh, passed,
2: you said but but I'm yes, so sorry. No, yes it's okay
1: yes thank you for Great. catching that thank you um so uh thank you for your votes that was unanimous and uh we'll continue the discussion in just a minute <laughs> uh on the next project um but uh yes you have your use permit uh 1200 Way, and um with that we can open the next similar item uh, I hopefully we can uh, review this more quickly and that the, the issues are, as Debbie pointed out, are they are they similar issues, Debbie, in your estimation? Yeah, I mean,
8: it's the same text, the same um, explanation. So it's a two for one.
1: <laughs> um, would you, since you were the commissioner who asked to remove this from consent, uh, would you be willing to consider returning it to consent and sure. voting for it? Sure. Uh, okay, out of out of sequence. Um, thank should've... you. Uh, if no one has any objection to returning twenty, it's twenty three ten eighth Street, I believe. Is that right? I want to get my address correct.
13: That's correct.
2: correct. Do, you, do you need a hearing first? Do you need to ask? Um,
1: we're, what we're doing is we we are the uh, request to remove it from consent has been withdrawn, and we're returning it to consent. Uh, Samantha, there's no objection from this commission or from the attendees. Uh, Igor, you have a comment? Uh,
3: no objection. Um, I just wanted to see, um, if we could, I'm sure you were planning to do this anyway. Just give a few seconds for members of the public, if they want to comment if they wish to on this project.
1: Yes, I, I did, uh. I did uh, just raise that question, but I'll repeat it. If anyone from the public uh, wishes to speak uh, on this, uh, you should raise your hand uh, if you feel it should be uh, kept in the public hearing. If you um, don't feel it should be kept in the public hearing, please lower your hand. I do see one hand raised. jennifer
2: hello um hey i live in the neighborhood of this uh of this second address the 2310 8th street Mm. and um after listening to the whole last discussion i just wanted to throw in my two cents that um at least in our neighborhood over here everybody has cars um street parking is awful and it would I think it would be great if every dwelling has a parking space an off street parking space. That's
9: just my two cents.
1: Okay, well, thank you for, for offering that. Um, that was not a request to uh, pull the item from consent. So we will have a separate uh, consent vote on this one item. Um, is there any discussion uh, before we of the consent calendar? No? Then uh Samantha, if you'll take the vote, uh we can move to the action column. Um so uh Khan,
2: you made the motion and was there a second?
1: Uh it,
8: I move, I moved to put it back on consent because I had pulled it off of consent.
1: I'm I'm moving it back to consent at uh chair discretion. It's um because the individual who asked to have it removed uh, withdrew the uh, complaint. Okay. So we are now, we now have a consent. Cal- oh, I see. We need, we need a motion to approve the consent calendar. Okay.
2: Um, right. to, right. To, yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, I'll make a motion to approve the consent calendar, which now has just the one item 2310 8th street on it. And I would like a second.
7: I'll second.
13: Thank oh,
1: okay. you. <laughs> Cecilia seconded. Good. that's great your first uh, motion cecilia um all, all right. right so we have a motion we have a second let's take a vote
2: okay board member Trigu. yes duffy yes gaffney yes thompson yes lunapara yes vice chair o'keefe yes chair khan yes Kim? Yes. Yeah. And Sanderson? Yes.
1: Okay, so the thank you very much for that. And and Debbie, thank you again for uh, raising our awareness on uh, this new issue that we need to continue to figure out. Um, that brings us to, so the 2310 8th Street use permit is approved, um, which brings us to the action calendar. Two Thousand San Pablo Avenue, public hearing for to allow the retail sale of beer and wine for offsite consumption. Um, And where are we in terms? We're okay in terms of capture break. Okay, so uh, the planner for this, Samantha. Um,
2: That is Russell. Oops. should be coming over. I have a really long delay for some reason. can we come over?
1: Yes, very Russell Rowe. Russell, welcome to Hello. the <laughs> setting adjustments board. I don't have you presented uh to the to ZAB previously? I have not. Well it's yeah, and to you. Great, great to have you here. Welcome to the thank crew. you, thank you so much.
15: Okay, so you can hear me and see me now. Okay, uh, let me share my screen. <clears throat> okay, are you able to see my cover page? I'm not hearing anything from all of you all of a sudden. Yes. Okay. We're great. <laughs> Okay, great. Thanks. Um, so the, the, the case in front of us is for the 7-Eleven store at 2000 San Pablo Avenue to add retail sales of beer and wine uh, under a Type 20 ABC license to their uh, existing store. Um, just briefly, the background is the 7-Eleven has been there for just about 10 years. It was approved in, uh, by ZAB in February of 2013. Uh, and at the time, uh, they did not propose alcohol sales. And there was a condition on that use permit to, uh, uh, that alcohol sales were not allowed. So 7-Eleven is coming back now about 10 years later to to add beer and wine. The 7-Eleven is at the southwest corner of the intersection of San Pablo and University Avenues. This is a view looking south uh, through that intersection. You can see 7-Eleven on the right and on the left uh, various retail stores and restaurants and so on. And looking northward across that intersection, you'll see the 7-Eleven on the near left and on the the far left, the Wells Fargo building. And on the far right, the uh, what is what used to be a pet food store, it's now an empty tenant space. And this is just a view from uh, above the 7-Eleven store here where the uh, the red marker is and uh, on the southwest corner. And this is the zoning picture. Uh, The store is in the uh, West Berkeley commercial area in a designated node, which um, the nodes are meant to promote uh, pedestrian access to uh, concentration of various uh, retail and other commercial uses. And as you can see, there are a, a variety of residential zones nearby in the neighborhood. And this is just a quick look at the site uh, plan, the 7-Eleven store on the corner with access right on the corner, uh, an adjacent tenant space, which I believe is is vacant at the moment, and then a small rear parking lot that is accessed from University Avenue. So... uh, the 7-Eleven is applying for a type 20 uh, ABC license, which allows the sale of beer and wine only for off-site consumption. Um, and mm. per the zoning ordinance, if uh, there is another existing ABC license of that type within uh, 1,000 feet of the subject site, then ZAB has some additional findings to consider, uh, which uh, you've got in your, uh, the staff report. So I won't go into detail here. Uh, The one type 20 that does exist is the Spanish table uh, grocery store. Uh, or market on uh, San Pablo Avenue. I did also want to point out that uh, there is also a type 21 license at St. Helena Liquor on San Pablo Avenue, and uh, I'm pointing this out because it's a very similar license type but with the uh, addition of uh, the sale of dis- distilled spirits. So, those are the two kind of similar type licenses within 1,000 feet of the subject site. <clears throat> As is uh, typically the case with um, alcoholic use, beverage use permits, the police provided a letter um, with their commentary on the project. And in their letter, they pretty much just said two things. Uh, They had some concern about existing crime in the parking lot diagonally across the intersection. That would be next to that vacant store that used to be the pet food store. And uh, But then they said they recommended that 7-Eleven ownership and staff develop a relationship with the area coordinator and other police officers uh, in order to address any concerns with the proposal. There was a fair amount of public comment um, the comments in favor were in the uh, form of petitions supplied by the 7-Eleven franchise owner. There were 267 signatures in, in favor of uh, the beer and wine sales, uh, primarily because they thought it was convenient uh, while they were buying groceries and other things at the site. And then we received 22 letters and emails from neighbors opposed to the project because of existing crime in the area and people sleeping in doorways and and alcohol consumption on the streets and related litter and and they are concerned that the um 7-eleven selling will increase these problems ZAB, uh, in order to prove the the proposal, uh, ZAB has to find the the typical uh, findings of non-detriment and find that uh, it's consistent with the general plan. And as I mentioned before, um, additional findings of convenience and necessity uh, because there is another similar license type within 1000 feet um staff's analysis just basically consisted of of these points that that uh the sales of beer and wine will not be the store's primary use uh it'll it would uh contribute additional tax revenue to the city the project is consistent with the uh cw zoning area which allows the sale of beer and wine and that the site is not within 1000 feet of any public park or public school and then finally, um if staff voted to approve, uh, we would have the standard, you know, alcoholic beverage conditions, as well as uh, several conditions that were proposed by the applicant, and those include uh, they wouldn't sell malt liquor or fortified wine products. They would not sell uh, single bottles or cans of of beer. Um, the, The display area for alcoholic beverages would be no more than 10% of the total sales floor area, that they would have digital cameras uh, monitoring the alcohol sales, that uh, when uh, alcohol, uh, alcoholic beverages were not available for sale during those hours, they would lock the refrigerators. And then finally, the, uh, while the store is open from 5 a.m. to midnight, they would limit alcohol sales from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. So that was their proposal. And uh, I can answer any questions if anybody has questions.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Russell. A good, thorough uh, presentation. Um, Questions for Russell Russell before we uh, invite the applicant to speak? russell i have one question um you mentioned that there are two other uh similar licenses within a thousand square feet a thousand linear feet it looks like it's for the outer edge of that thousand feet but there are those two you said that there were certain findings that we needed to make as a commission or that you needed to make and recommend uh, we we support in order to uh, find in favor of this application could you uh, outline that a little more specifically for our benefit? Yes, uh, excuse me a moment. And if you could uh, direct us to the page, is it is it the other findings yeah. on page five?
15: Uh, page I am 205? going for that right now, I'm sorry. And that should be under findings.
1: I think maybe page two. I just want to be sure I'm looking at the right. Under findings and conditions, page two of five. Attachment number one. Which actually says there's only one, and I think that is only one type 20 ABC license within a thousand yeah, feet. Yeah, there's
15: only one type 20 within a thousand feet. Um, I am sorry. I am not finding why don't where... you why don't
1: you look for that and we can come back to you? Yeah, and, yeah. What just are
2: you a... looking for, Charles? I can I can dig through it while people answer while Russell yeah,
1: I believe what my real question is attachment number one, findings and conditions, Samantha. On page two of that uh, document is item Roman numeral three, other findings for approval specifically references the thousand feet um and i was wondering if that was um if any of those findings were the findings that because russell had mentioned that there were specific findings in code that had to be met if you were within a thousand feet maybe maybe that's not actually mm-hmm. what you meant
2: yeah those are the um it is uh so if there is another establishment with the same license type within a thousand yes. feet Yes. Um, then you have to make the public convenience or necessity findings.
15: Yeah, oh. and, and and those are the findings. I'm and sorry. Then, that, yeah, these are yeah. the findings that are listed. So okay. under uh Roman number three, uh number one, that uh those are the findings that ZAB has to consider.
1: I see, I see, I get you. Okay, thank you for that, Russell, and thank you, Samantha. Debbie, you have a question?
15: No, I just
8: was saying that page seven of the staff report. Goes through what the required findings are in the staff analysis. Okay. Page
1: seven of staff report. Of the okay. Staff Thank you.
8: Staff an analysis.
1: Oh, beautiful. Okay. Yeah, I'm not as uh, up on all of this as as people like um, Igor tend to be, who really reads it more closely. Thank you.
14: Okay. Um,
1: very good. Uh, then let's bring in the applicant. Oh, uh, Joey. De- yes. Yeah. Question?
10: Yes. Thank you. Uh, to the applicant, I had a question about how you collected the signatures in favor and how you recorded opposition from the community. Could you go have the-
1: We haven't heard from the applicant yet. So why don't you hold your question till after we hear from them and then you can ask.
10: Oh, them. I'm so sorry. Right. This is a staff presentation. Re-
1: yeah. Russell just did the staff presentation. Sorry sorry. About that.
10: Thank you. Thank yeah.
1: You. I, I made a similar mistake myself uh, earlier tonight. Okay, very good. So we have a caller who called in from one a four one five number, and you're the first. Are, are you the applicant, um, Russell? Do you know who the applicant is? I believe is Motorola. If you're the applicant, please raise your hand if you wish to speak, and if you're not the applicant, put your hand down because <laughs> it's not time to speak yet. Is Ryan Kroll the applicant?
15: Yeah, that should Ryan Kroll
1: would be one, ter- one of the applicants. Tarun Takiar? Yes. Okay, very good. Okay. Uh, Ryan and Tarun, you have five minutes for your combined presentation. Uh, you can divide it as you wish.
2: Russell, could you please stop sharing your screen so we can put
15: the timer up? I'm trying. Something yeah. happened to. Oh, I think uh, the timer is now up. I'm not sure. Uh, what yeah, happened, I was
1: able. But... I was able to override it. Yeah. We're good. Yeah,
15: I was stuck, and I was. I've been this whole time. I've been trying to not share it. Is it unshared now?
1: Yes. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> okay, so uh, Ryan. Um do you uh want to use the full five minutes or do you want to yield a few minutes to
13: Tarun? what's your Yeah. Uh, good evening um this is ryan kroll i'm not sh- uh, assume you can hear me uh my, my plan yes. was i was going to speak for a few minutes and then share the remaining minutes with uh mr takiar so it, as long as he's on right now then i, I can begin
1: okay yeah Tarun is on and, and we can uh uh he needs to unmute though yeah there i'm here go, very good
13: Tarun. Okay, well, great. Well, um, for, good evening, everyone. 1st, I want to start off and uh, just thank staff for the hard work and preparation on this and specifically Mr. Rowe for for being available to answer a lot of questions along the way. And, and we agree with staff recommendation uh, that the use permit should be granted and the determination of public convenience or necessity found. Um as, as he touched upon the police, as uh, was set forth in the findings, the police. Do not believe that adding a small amount of beer and wine as we're requesting will add to the crime of the area. Uh, as suggested in the police letter back in July, we have reached out with the BPD Area 4 coordinator uh, and just recently spoke with, with Officer Brian Hartley, who said that he had no issues with the application. Um, I'm sorry if I'm moving quickly, but I want to make sure Mr. Takiar has enough time. Um, and, and bottom line is that this request, we believe, is consistent with the commercial zoning designation here. And at the end of the day, the store really is in need of this additional availability to provide one-stop shopping for its customers. Uh, The store is having a bit of a hard time. And the problem with being a convenience store is that if you don't provide the convenience for all your customers, they go somewhere else. So the issue has been for quite some time here that customers want to buy a bottle of wine or a craft beer or a six-pack, and they can't. And so ultimately, they go somewhere else for all of that. So we don't just lose the small amount of beer or wine we intend to sell. We lose the milk, the eggs, the diapers, the chips, the toilet paper, the, all the other sales from there, which is a real hardship on the store. Um, and this has you know, been touched upon, but we had over 260 people sign petitions. And for years, uh, Tarun has been hearing from people, why can't you do this for me? Why can't you do this for me? So that's the reason we're here today. Um, and, and just to be frank, you know, we've been through this process. We've heard the um, some some members of the community having concerns, and so it was Seven Eleven and Tarun in conjunction with them that we volunteered. We think a lot of conditions that should address all of the concerns that they have. Uh, those those conditions are limiting the alcohol sales from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. and we'll lock the cooler doors for alcohol when those are not in sales, so we don't have to worry about theft. Um, there will be no single cans of beer, single bottles of beer sold, no uh, malt liquor, no fortified wines, which are typically the type of alcohol that, uh, you know, generally we find cause problems and we're just saying, we're not going to sell them at all. Um, And we're also going to limit the amount of alcohol to about 10% of floor space. It will be less than that, but that's the maximum. And so the whole point of this is just to allow a small amount of beer and wine to be sold um, as our customers have been requesting for the last, you know, nine years, 10 years or so. And I'll let uh, Tarun finish off what what he needs to say. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you. Tarun?
16: Good evening, everyone. Uh, First of all, I'm thankful to all the members for participating today. My name is Tarun Takyar. Since 2013, myself and my five employees at the store has been serving the Berkeley community. As a part of this community, we have been donating pizza to Allen's Love. community laundry and food program. We also offer free coffee to our local police department. (laughs) One of the feedback from my customer is to have beer and wine available at the store. Therefore here, here, I'm here to seek the permission for Berkeley Community for it. We have been doing well pre-COVID. However, during and after COVID, we have seen a huge decline in our sales. This store has been providing livelihood to myself and my employees. Due to decline in my sales, my biggest worry is I will not be able to survive, and my loop might lose my employees and business. I mean, my work, family will be impacted for this loss as well. In order to sustain my business, I would like to satisfy the needs of my customer by selling a limited assortment of beer and wine. And to address the concern of my community, we will not be selling single can of beer, hot liquor, and fortified wines. We will be limiting the hours to sell alcohol from 8 a.m. to 8pm. And the cooler doors will be locked after 8pm to prevent any issues. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much, Tarun. Uh, Really appreciate you being timely. Um, and uh, thank you for coming tonight and for the years you provided uh, service to the community. Um, any questions for the applicants? Dowie? this is your big chance.
10: Thank you, Chair, and thank you, applicant, for your presentation. Uh, I just had a question about the signatures of approval. When did you collect that and for how long? I was just curious about the details.
16: Sure,
13: this is, uh, this is Ryan. Um, they were collected at the store itself at the point of sale i think it was generally just uh regular customers that we knew had been asking about it or various people we, we'd asked to sign that they were supports uh there was two two batches we got the first one i think it was right before it was late october and the i think you can look at the dates if you look at the petitions they're almost all dated i know it's probably about four or five days that they were collected and there was a second batch in late november and that was about the same time frame of about four or five days. Uh, but there are dates on all of them. So I could if you give me a second, I might be able to tell you a little better specificity.
1: Does does that adequately answer your question? Day?
10: Yes. Thank you.
1: Great. Sure. Thank you, Ryan. Uh,
3: I uh, thank you so much for the presentation. Um, I have two questions. Um, in Some of the public comments um, that we received or written comments, um, there was um, mention um, of a 7-Eleven on Sacramento and university that does not sell alcohol and um, allegedly seems to be doing well. Um, and understanding that these are perhaps different franchisees, different circumstances. Um, I was curious if you could speak to uh, maybe um, anything you can discern from um, the situation um, why one store um, half a mile away if it is doing, if business is good, um, you know what what is different about the business model there. Um, I'll stop there so you can answer that question. I do have another one.
13: Sure, sure, and thank you for the question. Um, <clears throat> as far as difference in the business model, there there isn't going to be one. Um, it's more or less. I mean, it's a convenience store. Uh, I I do not personally know if that store is doing well. I saw that comment. I don't know how the person who made the comment would know whether the store is doing well or not. I can say in general, um, these types of stores have had a hard time the last few years as people uh, move a little bit more towards delivery of grocery products and delivery in general. It's had a a negative impact on sales, Uh, but I I do not know how that store is doing and I, um, I, I can't really, unfortunately, give you much more information than that. Thank you. Um, And then could
17: you
3: um, just remind me, I think this was in the um, police um, officer report, but um, can you um, comment on the numbers of calls for for service that were received from the store itself and what they were for over the period that it's been in operation?
13: Sure, I'm just uh, flipping up. Um, to the police letter down. I think, well, well, here we go. Um. For the for the 7-11 location itself, it, the uh, the letter from the uh, police back in July states that there were 10 theft calls um, over uh, the time period from January 1, 2021 through July 11, 2022, the following year. Um, it, and then it also has a, a list of calls, not specific to 7-11, but in the immediate vicinity of the 7-11 And there, there were 0 public intoxication calls. 31 disturbance calls and 6 assault and battery calls. And I think that's exhibits or attachment 6 to the. uh, Staff report. Yeah,
3: I see. Thank you. Um, You um, I mean, we, we do have that. Thanks for. Thanks for reciting what's in front of us. Um, and I, I probably should have asked this question and stand, um. Uh, do you have any knowledge of, uh, generally the volume of calls, um, that were received prior to January 1st, 2021? I think this establishment has been in operation since. 2013, maybe 2014, something like that.
13: 20, yeah 2013 um i do not um you know given given the police's statement of uh you know non-opposition i would imagine the numbers would be somewhere around this um but i don't know calls for service as you you know the title calls is someone calls the police and they do something with it uh 7 wouldn't be aware of anything unless there was a real issue um you know and i i so I don't have that information I'm not sure how many calls for service were were before july first twenty twenty or january first twenty twenty one yeah and to be
3: specific i meant um from the store itself
13: sure um, like i i i don't and I think only the police would because we're we're not given that update regularly from the police so we're not aware okay thank you mm mm-hmm.
1: I believe uh, you're next, Joey, and then, or unless your hand is still up from the earlier question.
8: Sorry, that was a mistake.
1: Okay, then, Debbie?
8: Um, I have a question about the location of the alcohol in the store. There's a, um, on the site plan or the floor plan, it shows this this roll of uh, doors into a cooler, and my question is... um, Will all of the alcoholic beverages be in that cooler? The reason I asked, I was in a CVS today, different one for a different reason. And I noticed they had the coolers and then opposite the coolers, they had a whole row of um, of wines that um, could not be locked. <laughs> so I'm just curious if all of the alcohol, the beer and the wine would be in the cooler that is lockable.
13: Sure, sure. And actually, um, is there, uh, I have, uh, there's a Tim Gillette from 7-Eleven operations um, that should be on the call. If he's on, would you mind letting him in? He would be the best person. Uh, Actually, I'm sorry. He's he's actually even texting me right now to answer that question. So the the answer is we can have that all be in the cooler so that when it's locked, uh, there's no easily accessible alcohol. Thank you. Of course. Thank you, Debbie. Michael? Michael?
6: I, I may have missed this already, but um, one of the statements was made that um, post, um, post-pandemic post that uh, the convenience store was really having a hard time economically. And I'm just curious about whether, you know, the other establishments that sell um, in the area, what would, be, is there something different about this industry? Like, is there something different about this store and the financial implications post pandemic versus the other, uh, small businesses in the area?
13: Are you, are you talk about the other small businesses in the area? Are You're talking about other like local grocery marts, smaller markets, neighborhood markets, or, or Yeah, cor- every?
6: Correct. So, so when we heard from the, uh, from the owner, um, he mentioned, you know, the, the economic impact and keeping his business open and, you know, and, and I think he mentioned something like, you know, we've had a really hard time after after that. And and I'm just curious, is this is it was it unique. Um, yeah, that's that's my question.
13: Sure, sure. Um, well, I. It- I think a lot of businesses have had a really hard time since the pandemic. I don't think there's, you know, I don't think there's anything different about this neighborhood market that would make it different than other neighborhood markets, uh, to the extent that businesses are different. There might be some other impact. I mean, some businesses have actually done, you know, quite well since, because of the, the change in format and how kind of people's lives have changed. But no, I think generally, I think most local businesses and, and smaller businesses have had a hard time in, in the store. Um, you know, it's 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 Tiroon, it's, it's four or five employees, um, and they've seen a noticeable change not just post-pandemic, but you know, from the beginning of the pandemic. Um, you know, and that's that's why we're we're coming here today or tonight. Thank you. Sure. Thank
1: you, Michael. Um, we should uh open this up to the public. Um uh, Samantha, you have your hand up.
2: Yeah, I just um, to also to to kind of address um, board member Thompson's question. We have seen in a lot of our alcohol permits, um, a lot of different businesses um, trying to add alcohol sales like beer and wine. Um, You know, anything from food service establishments, um, you know, getting licenses to be able to sell off for offsite. Um, consumption like bottles of wine and um, also like various retail stores um, and so this is one way that we've heard um, small businesses um, trying to increase their economic viability. I've noticed that in all of the applications we've seen.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Smith. That's helpful, providing a little context. Does that help a little, Michael? Great. Um, I would like to open this to the the attendees who've been patiently uh, waiting through uh, this hearing uh, to speak on this issue. Um, So um, this is uh, the moment you've been waiting for if you came to address this commission to speak your mind on the uh, use permit we have in front of us. I only see four hands raised. and. I just want to advise you uh oh there, very good. Uh, please raise your hand now so I can identify uh yeah, see so we have six now. Uh, how many people want to talk on this? Seven, okay, it's increasing eight. all right. Don't be shy um so uh yeah, if you want to speak, please raise your hand so that you can queue up. When we did this in a public, uh sector you had to sign up to speak and that was so that the chair could uh judge whether there, it was necessary to restrict the time for people who were speaking so I'm asking to get a head count here a hand count and I see three six seven eight nine people someone just another person just raised their hand uh I'll give you guys another um, five or ten minutes to get in the queue. There's another one. So we have ten people wishing to speak. I mean, it makes a difference if three people are speaking or ten because um, it takes longer. Okay, well, these ten people then, uh, I'll be recognizing you and uh, going once, going twice. All right that's going to be uh tam crane first and um i would like i am going because it's only 10 people not 11 12 or 13 just became 11. um i'm going to go ahead and allow everyone to use the full uh two minutes but ask that you don't repeat what someone else said um it doesn't win your case to do that it's just taking our time and it doesn't win friends to do that so I just say, I agree with so-and-so, and and that says a lot to us. Um, So uh, try to respect each other's time and our time when you speak. It'll be the first time it's ever happened, if you do, but uh, maybe you can show us what you can do here, and uh, we will have a timer up. So uh, Tam Crane, you are the first person we are recognizing.
18: Okay. Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for uh, hearing us out tonight. Really appreciate it. Um, I'm a a neighbor of the 7-Eleven. I live at 10th and Alston, quite close to it. And I am asking you to oppose their alcohol uh, permit. And the reason why is because um, I don't know if you guys have ever walked this corner or this particular area of San Pablo University, um, but it is... um, It's riddled with trash, it's riddled with um, people hanging out uh, asking for money especially right in front of the 7-Eleven and there are five schools around this particular 7-Eleven within a two to three block radius. Um, So that's anywhere from Rosa Parks Elementary to um, my child's school, Nia House Preschool and the last thing that we need is, um, honestly, another liquor store. Uh, we have at least five within a two-block radius. So I I totally understand the argument of economic impact to the 7-Eleven. Um, to be honest, I'd like to see the financials. Um, I, I think it's one thing for somebody to say they need more money. I think it's another thing to actually need money. Um, and the impact to this particular corner would just be even more detrimental because it's already a tragically littered, um, dirty, unsafe feeling place to be. And so, um, you know, I, I I question why there are so many liquor stores in this neighborhood. It is a traditionally redlined neighborhood. Um, and so I, I wonder about that quite a bit. Um, especially when you compare it to other neighborhoods where there are significantly less liquor stores, like in North Berkeley. Um, So I I don't believe that another liquor store would benefit this neighborhood. Thank you so much for your time.
1: Thank you, Tam. Laura, you're recognized.
19: Great. Thank you so much. Can you hear me okay? Awesome. Um, I just want to clarify what I heard earlier around um, it sounded like people believe that the police are agreeing that this is okay. And what I heard in the presentation is that they had concerns about crime in the lot and that they should work to um, build, build relations with the area and improve safety, which is not the same as them saying that they are fairly in support of this um, proposal. Um, but my planned comments are to introduce myself and to thank you all. Uh, My name is Laura Babbitt and I am the vice president of the Berkeley School Board who is also a resident that lives very near University in San Pablo. I'm here today to request that we as a community put students first by limiting the sale of alcohol in locations close to several preschools, elementary schools, parks, and low-income housing. As someone who manages the finance department, I understand why 7-Eleven would want to take part in this revenue stream. The location for people to grab a snack, a beer, and while they wait for the bus, walking or riding a bike to and from, makes it ideal for a business owner. And this is why we have city leadership like you to step in. Because this location is already near several other liquor stores, and when supplies go up, prices go down, Access for those who don't understand time, place, or in moderation goes up. And even more people will not only come to this area for alcohol, but more of our students will be impacted by the results of adult-impaired judgment. University in San Pablo is a hub that so many students and families use. My own children have spent a great deal of time, depending on what was happening with AC Transit, at that very bus stop. If we as a city are going to ask that we cut down on emissions, walk, bike, public transit more then businesses in our city also have to do its part by limiting access to alcohol and the impacts of alcoholism. As such, I strongly urge you to decline this request for yet another retailer to sell alcohol in our kids neighborhoods It's leaders like you that our kids depend on in times like these, please make this no choice for them. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Laura, for coming tonight to speak. Um, appreciate
14: your comments. Uh, Alex Shurenko. Alex, welcome. Good evening, Zab. Um, wonderful to see so many of your faces. I've, I've served with several of you and have the utmost respect for, for the work you're doing tonight. Thank you for your service. Um, I'm, I'm calling in um, because I live about a fourth of a mile from the 7-Eleven, and I'm asking you to deny their application to sell alcohol. West Berkeley is awash in an unacceptably high level of gun violence, and no small part, fueled by the wide availability of cheap alcohol in our neighborhood. Just this past October, a man was shot in a dispute in a liquor store uh, a block from my house and just over 1,000 feet from 7-Eleven. For days, there was a large blood stain in the parking lot that you couldn't miss as you walked by the store as a reminder of the danger that we live under every day. Mountains of peer-reviewed evidence tell us that more alcohol leads to more violence in our communities, so the approval of this license to, to add more alcohol to our community will only further exacerbate the cycle of violence that we find ourselves mired in. When I moved into West Berkeley, a friend that lives in another part of Berkeley, he cynically told me no one cares about West Berkeley. Well, you members of ZAB, tonight you have the opportunity to care about West Berkeley. You have the opportunity to care about the people living in this community, and I'm pleading with you for empathy, to understand the lives that we are living and the violence that we are living with. I'm pleading with you to value the lives of the people in this community more than the profits of a corporation. I'm pleading with you to be a part of the solution to our violence problem, and I'm pleading with you to vote to deny this. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening, Mike, please.
1: Thank you, Alex, and thank you for your service to the community over the years too. Um, the next person is Raymat. Raymat, you are recognized.
17: Hello. This is Raymat. Raymat. Yeah, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, I support the application because I shop here at this 7-Eleven and I buy all my groceries here. And at the same time, I can grab a pack of six, pack of beer or wine on my way. And this will be very convenient. The store is very clean, well organized. And I know the people working there and the owner. So... It will be very convenient if they add alcohol, so I don't have to go other location. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Rena. Um Our next uh, speaker is Vivek Taman I think I said that right, maybe. Vivek, you are muted. Here you go. Oh,
20: is, can you hear me? Yes. So good evening. So. So I'm a customer of this business location. I just wanna say something which is said like before, like the gun thing. I guess it's the gun license, which they have to do something with the gun licensing thing. We are talking about the wine license or the beer license. So this business means a lot to our community, especially helping us during the COVID time, like by providing us essential supplies during the affordable price. This store, I personally go there, this is one of the clean and organized stores. They really do treat the customers and the community really well. I will be more than happy if I can grab some wine, but while shopping around, like for my grocery shopping, as a customer, I support them for their beer and wine license.
1: Thank you very much, for, that, for coming in and speaking tonight. Um, our next uh, person, it doesn't have a name, but it's calling it from a 510 area code, and you are recognized. You are muted also. Uh, 510, last three digits are two six. There you go.
20: Yes, hi. Um my name is Randall, and I would actually like to support the local business owner uh, and their application to get the Alcohol license. I actually had a conversation um, with the with the owner. I obviously had the same concerns um, that some uh, of the other speakers that came prior to me uh, about you know schools being around and and crime, etc. Uh, we had a lengthy conversation about it, and I don't know if uh, he educated me on it. He um, explained it to me in great length that the this particular franchise. Meaning 7 Eleven actually have a very stringent program in place where not only does ABC obviously can come and, um, you know, um, find out if we are uh, if the solely checking for IDs, et cetera, but 7 Eleven have a program of their own where they send um, common customers or you can call it undercover customers and who are buying alcohol who may be of under age just to make sure that the store employees are doing their job so he did assure me that this program is thoroughly followed and if by chance 7-eleven finds that the employees are not doing their job the store can be then um, taken away from the owner Um, so I, I, I just wanted to educate myself and educate everybody else that the owner has assured me that they would they would definitely follow these sort of guidelines. Um, I would encourage the city co-members to visit this place. It is, I'm a frequent shopper here because it is one of the most impeccably clean, well-kept store. I don't want to go to some of the other liquor stores because the way their conditions are. Um, so I definitely want to see this business survive. Um, and You're I- You're out of time think,
1: if you can wrap up.
20: Yes, um, basically, you know, I'd like to end it with that. I, I would hate to see this business go. Um, they're willing to do everything that they can to follow the law, the guidelines, etc., to avoid getting into situations that work or concerns that were discussed earlier.
1: Thank you, thank you very much. Um, the next uh, person is also a, a phone call in from the four one five area code. You're also muted, and you're uh, you need to unmute. And your last word. there you go.
17: Hi, good evening, everybody. I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. This is Nicholas Spence. I'm the owner of the Alpha Design Custom Furniture. Um, I've appreciated the arguments, um, but I'm on the spot every day. I've uh, got a PhD, and I'm cleaning up all the mess that's coming onto my side of the street. Um, that's a huge concern. The homeless are a huge concern. Um, they buy from the 7-Eleven, and I'm faced on a daily basis with cleaning up defecation and urination, it it really has been a huge issue for me. Um, there there are several parameters working on, um, you know, policy things that are in place. To what degree do the homeless have precedence over the small business owners? I want to see the 7-Eleven succeed, as I want to see my store succeed, but not at at the expense of the neighbourhood. I think the neighbourhood and the community, it is a very fragile corner. What used to be the Petco has closed. Wells Fargo is closing next January. It means the brunt of the work on that corner will be either with me, Alpha Design, or the Seven Eleven. Um And, you know, I'm not prepared anymore. I'm speaking up because I've had two long years. And in fact, I've been in business for over 11 years on the corner and I don't see any improvement. It scares me that, the violence in the area is strong. We had gunshots where students rushed into our store and hid under our sofas. With, it, it's been proven with the sale of alcohol. It, it will only worsen that area. Um,
1: You're out of I time. I there are
17: other ways. I'm out of time. Well, thank you everybody. I appreciate the ability to speak.
1: What's your name again?
17: Sorry, Nicola Spence.
1: Makia, did you say Makia?
17: Nicola, N A C O L A, And my last name is Spence, S-P-E-N-C-E. And I've already sent my report into the board through Mr. Russell
1: Rowe. Thank, Thank you for coming tonight thank you for being
8: at
1: the corner. Um, we have one more uh, person of our 11. Uh, and what we have here is exactly what I thought would happen, which is we've got seven more people raising their hands. I will not be recognizing you. I gave you adequate warning, and I wouldn't have given everyone two minutes since you raised your hands. And we have a captures break coming up. So Kamal, you're our last uh, speaker. And, uh, and then we'll return it to the commission.
0: Yeah, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, so I, I go there quite often. I pass from there, and um, 7-Eleven is a, a most convenient to shop. You can just quickly go in and come out. They're very fast, and they are well lit, very safe. And I always, uh, I'm never scared to send my kids to 7-Eleven because they always check IDs. They make sure that a person who's buying uh, smokes or beer or wine, they have the ID. If not, they they, they are denied. But I think 7-Eleven is a very good platform where uh, uh, people feel safe. It's a very family-like store and uh, people uh, deserve to have beer or wine if they want to buy. I myself, I, I was surprised when I started going there that you, you guys don't have beer and wine? Really? And I have to go all the way to a liquor store or a grocery store where i don't see a very uh, friendly atmosphere i feel safe when i enter 711 you see how well lit it is how many cameras are there they have so many uh, security systems where with the press of a button you can call the cops if there's any trouble i think they you should uh, they deserve to have that license so that they can grow and uh, families can uh, go and shop there and they feel safe thank you Thank you, Kamal. Um, we uh, need to give the uh, captioner
1: a break at nine o'clock, which is now. Um, and uh, we do have one person that uh, Igor believes may raise their hand at the beginning, identified simply as Berkeley resident. We'll have to hear from you when we come back. Um, but uh, after that, I will return it to the uh, Commission here to discuss these interesting points that have been raised. Um, so let's see, it's now a minimum of five minutes for the captioners break. Is that right or 10? Okay, very good. It's uh, almost nine o'clock. Uh, please, if everyone can be back at 910 promptly, hopefully we can bring this back to the commission and wrap things up tonight so that everyone can be free to continue their lives. Thank you. See you at 910.
2: Thank you.
12: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: want to welcome everybody back. Thank you for your timely uh, attendance. I appreciate that. Um, I'm going we have one more uh, individual was simply identified as Berkeley resident uh, you'll be our last uh, speaker Berkeley, Berkeley resident. All right. Please.
21: We can hear you. Yes. Perfect. Um, I'll uh, go ahead and keep it short, uh, since everyone has had uh, plenty of time to say what they need. Uh, My name is James Mataresi. I actually live a little further away than uh, I think everyone else has commented. I'm a little further down San Pablo toward uh, the uh, Ashby I'm I'm on Ashby, basically Ashby and San Pablo. Um, I end up going down here because this 7-Eleven is uh, right near uh, a number of other locations that I shop at uh, down in that direction. And uh, while I totally understand uh, the arguments um, against here, and uh, we can 100% have a conversation about redlining, um, I don't think that uh, these historic systemic injustices or the sort of broader crime problem that Berkeley has should be the responsibility of a single shop owner. Um, I do, on the other hand, think that uh, we should go ahead and uh, grant this just because um, I've noticed stores sort of leaving that area. And when a critical mass of stores leave an area, there become fewer and fewer reasons for people to go to that area and spend money and generate tax money for the city. Um, and for that reason alone, I I really think that i um, it's just a better idea to go ahead and uh let them uh, go ahead and sell those new products that's all
1: thank you thank you for your patience sticking around through a long meeting um that closes the public hearing uh part of this meeting and i'm going to bring it back to the um the panel here the commissioners um we uh typically give do give the uh applicant uh a minute or two to respond to specific comments that were raised by the community uh it's in fact uh, standard policy so uh taroon if you uh or ryan if you wish to take a minute or two to uh, provide or comment on uh the concerns that were voiced tonight uh this is your big chance
13: i think i was muted can you hear me now yes ryan all right thank you I'll, i will be quick um but i i wanted to thank those that came out in support i think they made comments that were in addition to what we have made with respect to the concerns that were raised i mean i think the response is simple is that that's the reason we imposed and volunteer the conditions that we're talking about you know when when we're t- selling you know the community that we're not going to sell single cans of or single bottles of beer or we're not going to sell malt liquor we're not going to sell fortified wines that is the type of alcohol that usually is the problem is that that's the cheap booze with high alcohol that attracts problems we don't want that at our store it's not good for our business it's not good for the community and so while if those conditions were not imposed, I could understand the concerns that are being raised. But that's why we that's why we volunteered those after listening and reading the letters that were submitted and hearing, you know, what the concerns were. And so I think the important thing for this board to do is not look at this as an alcohol request, look at this as specifically what it is that we're talking about from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. The hard stop at 8 p.m. and alcohol locked up. And the type of alcohol that's being sold and the the customers who are speaking the support are the ones that want to have a, a craft beer, a six-pack of a beer, a bottle of wine. They want that at the store. The bad element, we're not selling the alcohol that attracts to them. And so, if anything, what we'll be able to do is bring in the, you know, the customers who have to go down to the liquor store they don't want to go and come to us. I mean, to me, that sounds like a better solution for, for the community, is having this store, the one that people talk positively about, not the stores that they speak negatively about, be where responsible adults can go to have a beverage while they buy groceries, um, and so I, I you know, I, I appreciate everyone's comments. We're not immune to to the concerns they have, but we really do feel that you know these these conditions. And I, I, I I've been doing this for quite some time. This is the most stringent conditions I've ever seen uh, volunteered or really even posed. And the point is, is, is we get the concerns, but we're meeting them head on, and and Tarun has done a good job. Thank you
1: okay uh sorry to Ryan took all of your uh, time there and I am I I I didn't let the uh people speak out of turn so I'm gonna have to hold that uh to be consistent um we're gonna uh bring this back to the uh we're gonna that does officially close our public hearing and this is now a, a hearing among the commissioners very interested in hearing uh what you guys and gals think about the testimony you heard. Um, I'm of several minds myself. Um, who would like to volunteer their thoughts? I'm going to just name somebody if no one speaks up. Um, uh, Igor, you're a brave man. Thank you. Yeah, I see Joey and Shoshana. Thank you for I'm gonna get the font to it later, I'm sure. <laughs> um
3: yeah, so this um time flies when you're having fun. Uh this um ten years ago, um, I think to the day um we dealt with this project. Uh it was my first sub meeting. Um, and it was uh the initial use permit for the Seven Eleven, mm-hmm.
18: uh,
3: I actually recall that that meeting lasted for hours. There was a lot of community interest on both sides. Um, I, I'm still living down the mistake I made of um, missing my flight, and it was our engagement. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, I really command the um, the franchisee of the 7-Eleven, um, the team that has held this down for uh, 10 years. Um, I do live in the neighborhood, not too far away. I do walk that intersection. The challenge for me, um, I am extremely sympathetic to the request and I am deeply appreciative of the um, the conditions that were volunteered by the applicant, Um, and that is an act of immense good faith. Um, What is challenging to me is the situation in this neighborhood, and the testimony that has been provided by neighbors uh, in written and um, verbal form, and I know that there are, um, there are definitely op- valid opinions on both sides, but having walked this neighborhood, um, I am not sure right now if I could support um, additional opportunities um, to purchase um, alcohol with the um concern that um it may contribute to uh further degradation um i don't make this decision lightly and i am looking forward to hearing what my colleagues have to say um for 10 years i have voted for the record to approve every single um beer and wine and spirit department that has come before us um sometimes uh we have asked for additional conditions to be put in um before um i voted with the board on that um but this is a special case because um i know this neighborhood i have experienced the challenges that um are endemic unfortunately to that particular thoroughfare. Uh, and I am cautiously you know, cautiously optimistic may not be the right word, but I am hopeful that with additional um, approvals of other um, projects to activate um, that thoroughfare, maybe some of those challenges will go away or at least be mitigated. Uh, And I agree with the commenter who said that um, the 7-Eleven franchise should not be um, expected to be responsible for the the weight that that intersection carries. Um, But neither do I personally feel comfortable um, right now um, voting for something that I fear may contribute to further challenges. Thank you.
1: Yeah, thanks for uh leading off uh Igor. Um we now have uh practically every uh member of the commission ready to, to speak so you you've lit a fuse there. Um Doe?
10: thank you chair um, thank you Igor for sharing uh your experience on Zab. Uh, I actually wanted to announce to, to all of the members of ZAB, uh, new ones and old, that this will be my last meeting tonight. And so oh my God. Uh, with 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 that and hearing Igor saying that this was this was kind of related to your first ZAB meeting was really, um, I don't know, I just found that very, um, yeah, just a funny event. But going on to the uh, item itself and the issues itself. Thank you, Igor, for um sharing your concerns um i'd like to first start off with what the applicant's presentation kind of sounded to me and um i appreciate uh their uh their input and effort as well um especially after hearing um uh, from igor's perspective of the history of this um um property but uh i did want to say that the argument of you know, we need to add a license to try to outcompete our market competitors nearby, our neighbors nearby, with the other liquor stores. It does not sound to me a compelling argument oriented for community and the community concerns laid out by, uh, for example, uh, Kitanji Brown, I believe, of the school board, uh, of the local school board, and so. I think that argument of of making sure that we prioritize uh, our schools nearby as well, um, and considering that demographic um, in juxtaposition with these businesses, I think is also an important and valid concern brought up by the community. And I would definitely weigh that more than um, just consumer interests. And so I am also, so leaning towards um, actually I would like to motion to oppose this project uh, for, for the reasons stated. Thank you.
1: Uh, so that's a, a motion to approve the application.
10: No, to oppose.
1: Oppose. That's that based on your comments, I, I was questioning my own ears. Okay. So that is to deny the application.
8: Yes.
1: Okay. uh, Who seconded that? Uh, Okay, so we have a motion and a second. Um, Then this is now a discussion of the motion. Um, Shoshana, you're next.
9: Thanks. Uh, I'm going to oppose that motion. Um, I am very much in favor of this project. I'm actually going to make a substitute motion to approve it. um, And I will explain why um i have always been i've also been on the board almost 10 years eager you beat me by one month this was the meeting before when i was appointed um but uh i have never once but also never once voted against an alcohol um license i'm an alcohol libertarian i think prohibition was bad public policy um i'm not i don't think it it's the answer i acknowledge all the problems that were discussed in the neighborhood i don't deny any of that i just don't see any reason why when there's already plenty of alcohol available, not just here, but throughout the city of Berkeley. By the way, I live in North Berkeley and I can think off the top of my head of five places I can go to within a few blocks of my house where I can purchase beer and wine. So it's not just here. It's widely available throughout the city. Um, And so I don't see any reason to deny a business that would like to be competitive in a difficult economy the right to sell alcohol and be successful. I see no benefit to that whatsoever. I don't think it's gonna solve the problems of the community. I think it's gonna be very harmful for a business that impacts real people who are trying to do their best and survive. Um, And I am absolutely in favor of this. I just wanna also add that the business appears to be being being very reasonable in terms of the limits they're putting on the um, times of alcohol sales, the types of alcohol they're selling and how they're going to store it. And I, especially because of that, I see absolutely no reason to deny this, to deny this. So I'm voting for it, as I always do for all liquor licenses.
1: Thank you. Thank you, so Shoshana. I, yeah. so I, did, did I,
9: a... I made a motion, right? Yeah, I made a substitute motion. Yes. to. A... There's
1: a substitute motion now uh, on the floor. Uh, we're still waiting for a second, um, but there is a motion being offered. Yes.
4: I am not seconding the substitute motion, so I'm speaking with regards to the first motion. Okay. Um, first of all, um, I remember I've you know growing up in Berkeley. I know a lot of this. I remember this intersection well as a kid. I remember this intersection growing up throughout there most of my life. Now I live nearby, and now my kids go there. Um, Mr. Takiar, I first want to just say um, I remember the ZAB hearing in 2013 when you. Um, uh, when you first got started in the neighborhood, and um, since then I've been a patron. My family has been patrons, and you've always been very professional. Your staff has always been professional to us, and to other patrons as well. Um, so, so thank you. Um, fast forward, not just from back then, but also to today. Obviously, this is a struggling um, intersection. This area has struggled, at least the street has struggled, for quite some time, and I'm very familiar with it. And I've also um, I know I say this every time, I read every word from all of the public comment and every word in the packet as well regarding this issue. And um, I think it's a, it's obvious that um, based on, there's been vacancies over time and there's obviously more vacancies now than I think I've ever seen. So to still, you know, the, the reality that, that a store on the corner, that a 7-Eleven is, is, is struggling is not a surprise to me. It's obvious that many stores have struggled there too Um, for me to the speaking more specifically to the motion um, and my position here on the zoning board i think more specifically um, we have to speak to non-detriment general non-detriment and that the permit does not substantially degrade the existing urban fabric of the street area Or we would also need to agree that it would not be expected to substantially degrade again the existing urban fabric of the street and it says would not be detrimental to health safety peace morals comfort and general welfare of the persons residing or working in the neighborhood so that's a that's to me the sticky point in in some of the language here is that to me I do feel like there there likely is some alcohol related detriment um in the area when you have not just the police reporting it, but you also have um, a a, a relative saturation of permits and density of permits, especially within that block and the adjacent block. So my comments are, I struggle with the approval of this and I and and to second um, Igor's comments, um, as well as those of Laura Babbitt. Thank you. Um, I I would I would vote to uh, oppose
1: this permit. Thank you for those comments. Yes, uh, we have Debbie and then Michael.
8: Well, like everyone else, I'm really torn. Um, My primary concern is whether or not what what is the real source of the problem in the neighborhood. It has been problematic for a long time. Uh, If anything comes out of this, it's that we as a city need to in, invest a whole lot of resources in helping this neighborhood make a transition out. Not worrying about drugs or alcohol. There's there's something going on here that has stuck for a decade or more that needs to be thought about. I look at the, the map and I count, I'm a policy wonk, so that's what I do, and there are Four offsite beer and wine sales, um, two within the 1,000 feet and two more outside the 1,000 feet. I don't know if those establishments are what's the source of the problem that the police mention and that the neighbors mention. and that's where I'm torn. I my my gut is to say enough already, no more alcohol. But on the other hand, the 7-Eleven has a very good track record managing its store and and managing the alcohol sales. So um, I'm I'm a, I'm. In fact, I sort of would like to talk to the police more or get a better understanding of the source of the problem in this neighborhood. It's not, um, if you had a 7-Eleven selling beer and wine under the conditions they've agreed to, would that make the situation worse or would that help maintain a stable business when there's a lot of problems in the area? As it, a little history, um, I was planning manager when this project and several before it were considered. And in the past, the problem that we had was that, this, is that the, the illegal activity was centered on the alcohol stores. And so a lot of what we did prior to 2013 was to shut down the stores that were kind of the, the center of the illegal activity, and um, and that that cleaned up a lot of the bad behavior. This case seems different to me. That that the source of the problem may be those other alcohol liquor stores that are further away. I don't know, but the source of the problem won't isn't isn't this. 7-Eleven. So I'm still sitting on the fence and I want to hear what other people have to say, but I wouldn't mind continuing this item so we could get more information from the police department about the nature of the problem. Where does it come from? What have they tried to do? Is it is a store like 7-Eleven selling beer and wine likely to make it worse? Um, to me, that's an important
1: question. So I'm here to listen. Thanks, Debbie. Um, I'm, uh, I'm not quite sure in the order, but we still have Michael and Kimberly. Cecilia, you had your hand up earlier, but it's not up now. I, I want to be sure I'm not passing over you. No, no.
7: it's
1: okay. I, I think it out. Yeah, a you know. lot, lot to listen to. Um, Michael?
7: Yeah, I'm thank you. I'm I'm
6: just thinking about um my role on the zoning board. And I feel like it's to kind of um represent the people in the community and their wishes. And we have some really strong testimonies from people who are saying please don't we don't need more vices in this neighborhood. And you know, folks are struggling, and folks are struggling economically, when folks are struggling with addiction, maybe bringing another vice into it is not helpful. So no, I I don't believe that 7-Eleven. I mean, it sounds like this is a well run business. But I still feel like, you know, there's got to be some way to, you know, get the keep the business, keep the business in business, keep it profitable benefit but benefit the community without it being a vice of some sort or a potential vice it it, to me it feels a bit reckless and it kind of it would bother me to say yes um let's bring another vice into a, a fragile area and especially when half of our neighbors are saying we live here please don't please don't i do i live you know a mile away so I'm a little bit distant from that space. And if those neighbors are saying help, we need help. And no, it's not, you know, alcohol or no alcohol, 7-Eleven is not responsible for that community, of course. But we don't want to add to it. Make it more convenient, make, put more vice in the area. That's it. That's my thoughts for now. Thank you.
1: Thank, thanks for those thoughtful thoughts, Michael. Uh, Kimberly?
6: I think Dohi was actually raised her hand slightly
1: before me if she wants to. Yes, but she's already spoken, so I'm going to recognize her after you.
5: Sounds good. Um, so of course, uh I appreciate everyone's comments um and hearing them before mine because I am obviously equally as torn about this. Um and um it is a very interesting discussion. Um obviously that area is a really prominent area in Berkeley. And I mean, we can see um, you know, the issues it has We can feel it. And we can tell neighbors on both sides um care a lot just about the neighborhood. And that's obviously what we who we want to speak to. Um I appreciate Deborah kind of saying um, how it would be interesting to get uh just I don't know. It's hard, it's hard for me to come up and decide what to vote for tonight. Um it, having more input from uh people who experience it on the ground um would be really interesting. But at the same time, I don't want to necessarily force a continuation and I obviously am curious as to what other commissioners have to say. I don't want to punish the, you know, 7-Eleven um individual um franchise owners. Um obviously, because of an issue that this corner just already has in general. But at the same time, I obviously, um, if it wasn't just 7-Eleven, if it was a different business coming and asking for a liquor license in that area, I would feel just the same. Um, and obviously, that's something that we might experience down the road. I mean, if we either accept or deny this now, we doesn't mean that we're not going to get something similar. Um you know, this could happen anytime. Um, And it is an area that obviously has MD vacancies. So it, so it definitely could be coming up. So for that reason, it makes it hard for me, or, you know, I'm leaning more towards, um, you know, denying, just because I, you know, as Michael said, just adding more vices to this area, just feels like something that, you know, the community really doesn't want. Um It, and you said, it, it hurts, because I don't want it to be at the detriment of that 7-Eleven. I don't want to see it go. Um, and it obviously seems like uh, you know, I can tell the community also thinks that it's not necessarily the problem. So that being said, I know that doesn't really give any more direction um yet. Um, I'm still kind of I'll wait to hear at least what Dohe and Igor have to say as well. Um but you know, yeah, those are kind of
1: my thoughts on a very tough issue. So thank you all so much. Thanks. Thanks, Kimberly, Joey, and then you Joey. yes
10: Thank you, Chair, and and thank you um, every commissioner who provided their input. Um, I'll just make it quick, sorry. I misspoke about the school board name. I wanted to uplift Laura Babbitt uh, input around um, the demographic of children and schools in the area. And I just wanted to just emphasize kind of those community members um, in, in conjunction with the context of the um, area of focus tonight, and so I just want to put that out there, and want to apologize for the for the uh, confusion with the name.
1: Thank you, and Igor, and then I, I, I then I'll speak.
3: Yeah, um, I I want to thank my colleagues for the discussion, and I wanted to thank all the members of the community. I I was just Taking uh, a quick count of yes and no comments I heard, and it was an almost even split and kind of reflects where I think most, if not all of the body is just very, very divided on this question. Um, I uh, appreciate uh, Debbie's request for continuance. Um, However, I think, um, I will be, uh, at peace in some way with whatever decision we make tonight, because I have a feeling. This will not end here. This will probably be appealed to the city council one way or another. While we have full discretion and certainly, um, have the ability to hear this again and request more information. I think some of the um, issues that have been brought up around what is it about this corner that makes it particularly challenging? Where is this coming from? Is actually um, the council is probably the the best equipped place to have it, to be frank. And then the police department and the police chief can prepare and be there at the hearing uh, if it were to um, come to Council so I just want to put that out there because um, we only meet once a month right now um, although we'll be meeting more and I'm sure there are other um, things that will be coming before us and I just uh I would hate to put the community in a situation where they have to come to potentially two more meetings as opposed to potentially one more meeting for a final decision thanks
1: yeah, but thank you for that Igor uh in terms of the continuance uh I'm of a similar mind I think that um we're all uh quasi-decided undecided um uh Shoshana uh, was very clear about uh, her position and I think guess was pretty clear about his but the rest of us are sort of somewhere in between and I don't I don't think having another hearing is really gonna change that for me personally, I I think I would still be divided if we had three more hearings. Um, I uh, know this intersection well, we all do. Uh, I used to live in the neighborhood just a couple blocks away, and this was my bus stop when I got off from work. And it was uh, back in the day, that's when I was a young guy, so it was a long time ago. it was scary. I mean, I, at night, I getting off the bus, I really was very aware of my surroundings. It is, it is much better, and it's got a long way to go. Um, and I feel uh, for the store owner who spoke, uh, Miss Spence, uh, cleaning up defecation urine. She's not exaggerating. Um, so, and there's there's a bus stop there, and we all we all are in favor of uh public transit and we need our bus stops but it is abused by people uh who sort of take over this bus stop and have abusive language and actions towards people walking by i've been scared to go by the bus stop sometimes um so i i mean my thoughts break down into this you know what's the greater detriment there is the potential even though individual cans won't be sold that someone might walk into the 7-Eleven, you know, grab a six pack and come commandeer the bus stop and scare people away from it who have legitimate use of it and make the situation worse. I think that's the nightmare scenario. There's another nightmare scenario, which is that this business, which God bless them for making it through the last 10 years and actually being a stable presence on that corner that they closed and shutter their shop which will be worse a worse outcome than our approving the liquor sale tonight to have a shuttered shop and i don't think i don't think a lot of retail wants to really be in that corner so i don't know you know when we talk about detriment i don't know which is the worst detriment and i believe them when they say they're struggling i really do so so folks i am really in a quandary i'm a total Uh, alcohol libertarian like shoshana
9: second my motion then
1: (laughs) well but i've also got these other these other uh feelings um i don't know i'm not prepared to second the motion i'm I'm too divided shoshana um cecilia have any can you break the break the situation i mean what are we going to do here
7: um, I mean, I've just been like really appreciating everybody's input and listening, and the public's input. Thank you. Um, I also generally am of the idea that that people, you know, should be able to walk to buy alcohol and should, don't shouldn't it shouldn't be um, excessively excessively limited to them. Um, and it I, I, like generally also like anti-prohibition and anti and like uh an alcohol libertarian which is a funny way to put it um but I am leaning towards no in this specific instance um uh I think that there was a a lot of um I think that we should be really careful in the way that we're talking about um this neighborhood in specific in the way that um it as like the, the people that interact with this corner, um, I'm afraid that it has, um, that we are vil- villainizing and alienating um, people that inhabit this space um, and use it for a variety of different reasons and are um, victims of systemic injustice. Um, I think that like, when we're talking about what type of alcohol is being sold, um, like saying that certain types of alcohol attracts certain types of people, I I was just a little, um, concerned about the way that we were talking about that. Um, but I think, and I think that there's already an abundance of places, um, especially like locally owned places that, um, already sell alcohol and it is accessible to the people that live nearby. Um, and I am leaning towards no in this moment because I don't think that it will add a significant it will be a positive impact to the community um and yeah i think i think those are all, all of my thoughts at the moment i'm also conflicted which is why i wasn't talking earlier either but yeah. i
1: well worried. i i think it's fair to say you're conflicted i mean that's not that's a reasonable place to be in, uh, sometimes um, we have we have four more hands i would like to bring this to some kind of conclusion tonight um and I am hearing a general uh general consensus um uh so I I think we we can have a vote soon but uh why don't I hear the four of you and then I might uh suggest that we take uh a straw vote or a vote to see if there's um a position that uh will bring us to conclusion tonight um Kimberly
5: yeah, well, in order to get things moving along, I was going to second Dohe's motion um, uh, on
1: uh, to oppose. Oh, do- I thought Doy's motion was seconded. It was, oh, was not. It? Oh, I um, believe it. Sorry.
5: Can, you can, oh, you, you
1: were, were sorry. sorry. You can Okay. okay. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I, you, know I love, you know how I love a second. Thank you. We're just
5: fighting way. over it. Okay, yeah. Anyways, we're just going to second it. I mean, said, I I still do obviously remain conflicted, Um, but, you know, Um,
1: yeah. Thank you. Um, yes, and then Debbie, and then we uh, also has her hand up. Thank you. Um, I appreciate the
4: struggle. I understand the struggle, everybody. I'm with you too. But I just want to share maybe some other thoughts too. Um, when there's this kind of struggle or when I have some emotional, there's, there's anecdotal information, of course, from myself and my own experiences there. I walk by there. I live four blocks away, and my office is two blocks away. I walk by there every day. Um, there's anecdotal information from the community as well. Um, it's the, So I understand that, but in making a decision for me, I think, and maybe this is what could come out should this go to the council, is, is that is there hard data or what sort of hard data do we have to stand on? One thing that at least I do believe in and do know that there is a variety of peer reviewed research that talks about the density and saturation of alcohol availability in certain neighborhoods actually does lead to detriment. That is published. That I do understand as data. Um, Obviously some other people understand that too. If they're going to volunteer, for example, if the applicant is going to volunteer some conditions that restrict the sale of certain types of alcohol at certain times and other sorts of things, then they also seem to understand that the saturation and sale of alcohol leads to some sort of detriment where there isn't peer-reviewed research, in my mind, is whether those conditions are actually the appropriate conditions to reduce detriment. Those are just volunteered conditions. But in my mind, at least, what I do stand on are the facts that I try to lean on in making decisions um, have to do with not just personal experience, anecdotes, or community comment, but it's actually also the peer-reviewed research. And for me, that's, that's sort of where my um, my my stance on on opposing this would be and and to also to, su- to support any other um, any other research or any other understanding about how how this might um, be detrimental or not.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Yes, uh, Debbie and then Debbie.
8: Well, I'll make one brief comment and then I will continue to struggle. <laughs> um, I'm concerned that I started working in the planning department in 2003 and every project that came in with a requirement for a request for a liquor license had the same story. We're just barely making it. And we need the revenue from the sale of beer and wine to hold it together. So I, I mean, I think that's a constant for small stores. And, um, I guess I'm, I was, um, I thought your comments, Charles, were interesting about which side of the detriment uh, do we want to be on. And given the, I I have tremendous respect for the community and their concerns. And at this point, I'm sure it's going to go to council, so it may not matter what we do. Um, But it's not clear to me that the source of the problem in that neighborhood is is the sale of alcohol, um, which is primarily those two, there's four places, and I don't think the Spanish table is attracting people who want to abuse alcohol. So there's two stores, one at the top and one at the bottom of that blue circle, and they've been there for eons. They don't have a very good yelp rating (laughs) um so it's it's just not clear to me that denying this is going to make any difference whatsoever and i know that the neighbors believe it will but i guess as a policy analyst i can understand that that's what you know that's the thing they can control so that's the thing you know we're all pushing on and concerned about but you know, the longevity of the problems in that neighborhood strikes me that there's another source of the problem that is much more important than whether 7-Eleven sells beer and wine. So I,
9: you can second by motion if you want.
8: I am, you know, I would want to go read two libraries on this and get more information on what's going on in this neighborhood. Like I said in the past, when we closed down a liquor store, then problems were around the liquor store and the neighborhoods around the liquor store, and then we cleaned up the neighborhoods piece by piece by piece. This is entirely different. Um, the problems are not centered around those liquor stores. It's you know, it's all up and down San Pablo. So um, I'm still on the fence. Sorry.
1: I'm still thankful. We'll, we'll see how the uh, vote turns out,
10: Joey. Uh, I'll try to make it quick as well. I just wanted to uplift Cecilia's words around uh, some of some of how we can consciously or unconsciously characterize a neighborhood without being in direct juxtaposition to them or being direct neighbors to them. So I just I wanted to appreciate Cecilia's important. Um, framing around how language can be um, a powerful um, way of illustrating something that could be misunderstood. So thank you for highlighting that. And I also think, uh, Chair, it, it it would be appropriate time to call the question, seeing um, that no second has been made to the substitute version.
1: Thank you. So um, yes, Shoshana, sorry you didn't get your second. Uh, but I appreciate you making the motion. Um, I'd like to call the question and uh, see if we have a, a decision tonight. Um, and uh, thanks everybody for the comments on a tricky one. Samantha?
2: Okay, so this is to deny the use permit for 2000 San Pablo Avenue. Board Member Trigu.
3: On the motion to deny, yes.
2: On the motion to deny. Daphne?
4: Yes. On the motion to deny, yes. Daphne? Yes. Thompson? Yes.
2: Luna Parra? Yes. Vice Chair O'Keefe? No. Chair Khan?
6: I'm
1: gonna say yes.
2: Kim? Yeah. Sanderson. That was a no. You're muted.
8: No. That's everyone.
1: Oh, that was everyone. Okay. well, the the motion passes, as you point out. Uh, Uh, it will probably be appealed Um, but uh, I really appreciate the very thoughtful and careful uh, discussion of the group here Uh, hopefully those comments they are part of the public record will be reviewed by Council if it does in fact go to Council and uh, this is not an easy one I can tell you I came in tonight personally intending to vote for the application um, in that I didn't do as Yes had done and read every single line of testimony. I thank you for doing that. Yes, we all really should. Um, but I did hear the neighbors speaking, and um, it wasn't just a bunch of people saying, oh, I don't like liquor. They they really have some issues. so. Anyway, thanks to everybody for a really thoughtful me- what a meeting tonight, so you really picked it. You know, this was we we're, we're so constrained on so many uh, issues around around housing, Cecilia now that on some of the larger housing projects, I think we sadly feel almost like a rubber stamp at times because of state restrictions. But we got into some substantive stuff tonight. So this was a good meeting for you to launch here your career on. Um, And uh you're very welcome and thanks for your comments tonight. Thank Um, you
7: so much. I really I really appreciate all of being welcome. Thank you.
1: We do actually have a couple more items before we close out. Uh, If I can find the agenda and all my paperwork here. Um,
5: Is there a DRC report out?
1: No, we haven't uh, had a meeting
5: for um we didn't have a meeting in November
1: so we'll be meeting next week yep we do have some staff communications um I would like to speak to the first communication which is the memorandum from City Council regarding the land acknowledgement I've been advised by Samantha that uh we cannot uh discuss that item or entertain it as a action without noticing that we will be discussing it and entertaining it as an action so um in my capacity as chair samantha i would like you to notice that we will be discussing that issue so the public the public who may be interested in participating is given an opportunity to attend and and speak and advise on uh how this commission uh, addresses the issue
2: and um, will that be for January 12th for the next meeting?
1: Uh, you know, Samantha, um, I would like to do it. We have Do we have two meetings in January? Scheduled, you know, the schedule that's...
2: Um, one meeting in January, we have nine items um, on January 12th.
1: And how many all, items?
2: Should all be coming to you. Um, and nine items tentatively for February 9th. Uh-huh. Uh, and four tentatively for whatever the second meeting in February is. I don't remember the date. I think it's the
1: 20th. Okay. Well, my personal request as chair then would be to uh, make it the second meeting in February so that it gets the attention it deserves. Um, because uh, with the crammed meetings uh, in January and, and early February, we might. I don't want to feel hurried about it. Okay. Um and then um, there's also uh, another staff communication if you uh if anyone has questions about either of these uh memorandums uh this is a big chance to ask for clarification from samantha i don't see any any hands raised so if there are no further staff any other staff communication, samantha
2: yes um i wanted to talk about um the return to in-person meetings Um, so as many of you've probably heard, um, Governor Newsom, um, has said that he plans on lifting, um, the emergency order, um, on February 28th of 2023. Um, and if that is the case and the order is lifted, um, under the Brown Act we will be required to go back to in-person meetings starting March 1st. Um, so I think there's a, likelihood that we'll be going um we'll be going back for our march meetings um to in person at the we still have the boardroom um which is great because it's a really great um space um and uh staff is currently looking into ways to allow remote participation from the public um since the boardroom does uh, have ample AV t- technology um, that a lot of our meeting spaces don't have. Um, so Zab's really fortunate in that way. so we're uh, we're exploring the possibility.
1: Thank you for doing that. I mean, yeah. also uh, that would be beneficial for as any board member if they were uh, home watching a sick child but wanted to still participate, for example. Ooh.
2: Well, so, but under the Brown Act, um,
1: remote keep, participation
2: is well. It's um, an ADA accommodation mm. that requires publishing of your home address
12: mm-hmm.
2: um, as a meeting location, and the public, I believe, is allowed to come come to your home come to your home and participate in your meeting. Um, so yeah, so it, so it is a. Um, I can definitely send that information out to um, so the board on the how to request an ADA accommodation. Um, I'll just send it in case anyone's interested. No need to. I'm, I'm
1: curious about it. I'm curious about the, the law and, the one of course, to know the Brown, Brown uh, Act uh, well. Um, okay, well, thank you for that information, Samantha. Look forward to seeing uh, all of you in person in uh, March. Um, and uh, yeah, I think, michael i think we met on zoom yeah so uh
5: me too i haven't seen any of you guys in person before except for like (laughs) dohi yeah
1: it's gonna be strange the the 3d effect yeah
5: yeah
2: Um, who's done a meeting in the boardroom before yeah not me
1: (laughs) either um So I see Joey and and Igor, your hands are are still up. Do you want to be recognized?
10: Yes, sorry to interrupt the flow. I'm not sure if it's appropriate to interrupt the flow right now, but I was wondering if it's okay to make some quick remarks about um, ending my term uh,
1: tonight. Oh my God, Joey, yes. Uh, No, this is absolutely the right time. We're about to adjourn and definitely before we adjourn um i hope everything's okay with you i i'm terribly uh chagrined to hear that you're leaving us uh is are you okay are things all right
10: <laughs> thank you for your concern oh um, no i'm doing i'm doing good thank you thank you okay. so much uh, that means a lot <laughs>
1: <laughs> i was worried there was some terrible health problem i'm going oh my god <laughs> no okay. no feeling,
10: feeling better feeling good um uh yeah i I appreciate the space i really hope to not prolong your night too much but um i just wanted to just start off by sharing so much gratitude for every member on the board and samantha you just mentioned that you haven't had a meeting in the board room before and i haven't been able to meet you in person and i'm i apologize for that sincerely but it was wonderful to share at least the virtual space during a very disruptive, historic time for us. And so, yeah, thank you so much for helping to lead um, a lot of the staff knowledge and support um, to the board. Um, I started ZAB in um, August, 2018. So I think it's been around four years already. And so it felt like a very short and long time which feels like an oxymoron, but it feels very true. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just want to thank uh, former council members Worthington and Rigel Robinson um, and James Chang um, from D7 um, for um, kind of believing me and just putting me in this position of of learning more about housing advocacy, about public forum, about um, civic engagement, um, and, um, I just wanted to recognize, <clears throat> excuse me, um, also, uh, former commissioner, Carrie Olson and John Solowski and Patrick Sheehan, um, who was, who were with us as commissioners at some point, um, and also chair Khan and Igor and Shoshana, um, thank you so much for your mentorship. Oh, and Teresa Clark, um, but thank you so much for your mentorship. <laughs> um I learned a lot during your time um and I, I promised to make this short but I still have a card um from someone in from December 15 2019 um by Andrea Mode um I think she was from the land Use planning division um and maybe other commissioners got this card too but she mentioned that uh my name is Andrea and I attended and spoke at the last ZAB meeting on Thursday, December 12, 2019. Uh, this is my first city of Berkeley related meeting and I was impressed by the level of attention ZAB gave to the agenda items. Additionally, I truly appreciated the thoughtful discussions and participation by the public Thank you for your continued dedication and service to the city of Berkeley. I'm grateful to live in such a community focused and civic minded place with gratitude, Andrea Mode. And I just wanted to echo her sentiments and just say thank you, Andrea, if you are ever hearing this in the public because I never have met you in person. But thank you for this card because it was really meaningful when I first started on Zab, and I felt like I had to learn a lot and there was a huge learning curve. But um, it was really worth it. And I think it was definitely through mentorship, but also I wanted to address to more um, newer members that I didn't get to meet in person. Um, It has been wonderful to share space with you and I hope you get to continue um, the amazing service you're uh, deciding to do here collectively um, with people of many different backgrounds um, in in this one space um to solve out um really real zoning issues and so thank you so much and i'm so sorry this was kind of rambling but i just wanted to recognize
1: i think four years four years of service story justifies uh a little uh a little time
10: uh so no problem yeah
1: thank you
10: thank you so much and have a good night
1: (laughs) well we're not we're not done with the meeting yet so don't go away um igor
3: all right now now you all are gonna hate me because this is gonna sound like the most anticlimactic thing ever after those lousy comments and uh dohi um you are definitely going to be missed um i think i speak for all of us um i should have spoken up earlier on information item number two but um This is on uh, the revision and clarification of condition of approval number 56 for 2435 Hay Street. And To be honest with you, I've been sitting here, rereading this like five times, and I don't think I understand (laughs) um, what is being changed or clarified. And apologies, I should have asked this earlier, but staff would you mind elucidating?
1: Yes, please do, Samantha.
2: Sure. So the um, so there's a strikeout sentence um, from the conditions, um, which was the um, uh, part that was um, uh, that contradicts um, the land use code. Um, as well as um, the condition of approval under 56A, and so it's unenforceable. Um, and so the um, strikeout line is this is Sharon's project, so I'm doing my my best to um, sort of pitch hit here. Um great. <laughs> so the the line that was contradicting the code and the um the previous condition um sitting tenants that do not qualify for a below market rate unit shall be provided first right of refusal to run another unit in the building at the rent that would have applied if they remained in place for as long as their tenancy continues um and um i think that goes against the um regulatory agreement um, and it, that HHCS um, oversees um, in terms of the um, income qualifications for returning for returning tenants. Um, um, and so the regulatory agreement includes the following provision for returning tenants. That tenants who do not income qualify for below market rate units in the new building shall occupy a unit per the terms and conditions of approval fifty six. At the end of their tenancy, the unit shall assume the affordability levels specified in the regulatory agreement. Um. And so, um. So sitting tenants still have um the right of first refusal, um to move in, and then that is regulated under the regulatory agreement.
3: So functionally, are there any changes?
2: Uh, Can you say again, sorry, you cut out a little bit.
3: Functionally, are there any changes? Um, Because you said the the, the element of first right of refusal that's retained and the element of the same went as yeah, so it, as they occupy the unit is
2: right. re- so 56a and 56b directly contradicted each other
8: yes
2: no. um uh tenants of the units are demolished of the right of first refusal to rent new below market rate units designated to replace the units that were demolished at that rent would have applied. That would have applied if they had remained in place as long as their tenancy continues. Income restrictions do not apply to displaced tenants.
4: Okay.
1: Okay. I, so I can't speak to and then Yeah,
2: they're... and then B said, "But if a tenant doesn't income qualify, um, so yeah, so they were in. They were contradicting."
3: Okay. I think um, while I'm still not super clear, it sounds like functionally the deletion doesn't change the circumstances of the tenant's ability to occupy a unit that's used rent, correct?
14: Yes. Okay.
3: Just wanted to make sure. Thank you.
14: You're welcome. Um...
1: Okay, so if that's uh, all the official business, I would like to make a motion to adjourn in honor of our fellow Commissioner Doe Kim and her four years of service with us. I think you put it very well, Doe, when you said it's been for short and long years. It's been a very odd time. Thank you for hanging, you know, working your way through it with us uh, from you know being in person to being online and and uh, you you have grown so much in those four years that I had you slated in my mind for the the chair seat, uh, which is coming up shortly. So we're gonna have to figure uh, maybe uh, that goes back to Shoshana. She'll take it. Um, <laughs> I know. I know she was campaigning for you on that. So uh, <laughs> sorry, Shoshana. You might have to do it. Um, anyway. Um, you've done tremendous work. You've always been very thoughtful, but very heartful too. Uh, And I think the comments that you read to us tonight, that's certainly the commission I want to be part of. And we're going to lose a little bit of that when you go. And I just hope that whoever does occupy your seat carries the torch forward uh, in the future. Thanks so much for your participation deeply appreciated. Thank you so much. That really means a lot. Uh, yeah, that really means a lot. Thank you. And I'm glad you're OK. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess um, so uh, that's the motion. I have a motion to adjourn to uh Day, would you like to second the motion? Yes. Please. <laughs> Great. That's your last second. And um, on this commission. And uh, let's take a vote.
2: Okay, on the motion to adjourn, uh, Board Member Trigu.
3: Yes, with appreciation to Dohi. Here, here.
4: Duffy? Yes, thank you, Dohi.
2: Daphne?
5: Yes, and yeah, thank you, Dohi. It was so great actually meeting you in person, and I look forward to seeing you again. Thanks for your service. Thompson?
6: Yes, thank you, Joey. You've been such an inspiration. I will definitely miss your energy here. Um, I'd like to connect with you only. This- Sorry, little oh, energy there,
7: Luna Para. Yes, um, I only talked to you today, but I really appreciated your comments. Thank you so much. Yeah, uh, Vice Chair O'Keefe.
9: Uh, yes, to adjourn and. Thanks so much, Dohi. See you around.
17: Thank you.
2: Chair Khan?
1: Yes, and um, I said thank you before, but I do hope we uh, do get to see each other in person again, hopefully sometime soon.
10: Kim? Thank you so much for all (laughs) the comments. (laughs) Um, And thank you, Deborah, as well. I know I haven't met you in person, but I just wanted to thank you in advance for
8: some reason. And Sanderson? Uh, Yes to adjourn. And it's really been wonderful with you on the ZAB and the whole group has become such a collaborative group that um, I thought about getting off due to some family health problems, but I said, no, this is too much fun. I'm Mm going to stay on. And uh, I appreciate your input throughout the time.
0: Thank you. OK, well,
1: that's it for tonight. And uh hope to see you around, Joey. <laughs> and I'll see the rest of you in January. Have a great see holiday season. You say, See you
2: next year. You get to see. see you next
8: year.
1: See you next year.
8: Bye-bye. Bye, everyone.
2: Have
0: a
8: good holiday, everybody. <laughs>